Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another extremely special episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you from the brand new 403 George Street location of King's Comics in you Sydney. nailed it. I remembered it. One nailed week. It. Yeah, that was impressive. Good job. I'm pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And every week we review all of last week's comics, let you know which ones are the best ones that you should be throwing your money at. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, usually we, 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 we've recorded this in the back office of King's Comics. Uh, but if you listen to last week, you'll know that that was the last week in that location. They've moved <laughs> to the aforementioned 403 George Street. It's a beautiful new location. Thank you. We're very proud of it. It's definitely bigger, right? You know what? It's actually no. smaller. <laughs> okay, really? It feels bigger. Yeah, it's a bit more open. Yeah, or something. open plan. I don't know. Um, but it does. It looks. It looks. It looks big. Looks good. But there's no backspace. There's really. no. Yeah, that's part of the problem. It looks a bit bigger because there's no office. You say problem. I say. Blessing, because yeah. <laughs> we are now going to be recording serious issues in the actual store for all to, you know, walk all past and be confused at. Yeah. There are kids in the room. So, maybe this put, is put, the PG. Put, put, serious s- issues is now PG. No, momentarily. It's like depending <laughs> on who's in the store at the time. <laughs> I, I voted to um, have us record while like perched on Jim's desk like a 1920s secretary. Oh, yeah. Um, but I got voted down. I mean. I, by Jim. Just because I, I can't see me perching. I'm not a percher. Uh. <laughs> My core's not, not, not strong enough to perch yet. I just don't believe that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll be recording, um, recording this. And you, don't worry, beloved segments like Dong Watch uh, aren't going to disappear. No. I reckon Dong's pretty PG. Yeah, Dong is fine. Okay. <laughs> is it? There's like eight kids in the store right I know. Now. Okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you live in Sydney, um, we'll, we'll try and work out a time that we're going to record every week and you can be in the store while we record. Yeah, you could stand where the life-size Batman is and just watch over us. And Siobhan is currently surrounded by Pops, her... My mo- favourite thing in the whole wide world. The re- I love them. The reason she got into comics and pop culture. You guys should buy them all. And she's going to be interviewing different Funko Pops throughout the episode. Hey, Dr. Neo Cortex from Crash Bandicoot. Number 276 of Pop Games, Pop Vinyl. What happened to your eyes? Why are they so lifeless and devoid of soul? <laughs> like like how, all of your pop come, brethren. How come your paint job's so bad? No, they're all great. I love them and you should buy them all. <laughs> and everything else in this store. Everything's incredible. Uh, so every week on the show, we go through all the comics that we read in the last week. And boy, howdy, it was a oh hell of God. a week last week um, with 
like 16 number one issues alone. Yeah. I think I, I crossed the 40 issue threshold. Yeah. Nearing the, fi- the 50th, 50-ish territory. The danger. The danger zone. Um, but there were some mighty fine comics in here, as you'll find out in the next hour or so. It was hard to be mad. I was like, oh, there's so many comics and I love them all. There's a few stinkers. And I, I think yeah. one fun challenge is trying to be as subjective as possible. Because <laughs> <laughs> every... One man's stinker is another man's... Clinker. The, the very, very delicious uh, chocolate you can only get in Australia. Yes. Uh, which is yes. either yellow, green, or, or pink candy covered in chocolate. It's called a clinker. One yep. man's stinker is another man's <laughs> clinker. <laughs> As that old saying goes. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, we're going to get into uh, last week's reviews. We begin every show by going through all the number one issues that came out last week. Um, and that this segment is called First Things First, and I thought we could start with a couple of image books that came out, because mm. I liked them both quite a lot. Cool. Uh, the first of which is called Cemetery Beach, um, and it was written by Warren Ellis with art by Jason Howard. Yes, that is the same team that recently gave us Trees, which was a uh, very... Confusing. Confusing uh, Warren ellis as hell series uh, mm. that lent into his kind of tendency to not... To, to, to show without telling the full story yeah. and a lot of... Leaning uh, into not explaining anything that's going on. Um, I support it. Another side of Warren Ellis is uh, all action, like expertly mm. pl- uh, scripted action mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and fun new worlds. And that is what we get in Cemetery Beach. Say cemetery, cemetery. I would assume cemetery. Cool. Hmm. I mean, Silverchair used to sing, I live in a cemetery, I need a change. So, uh, it's, and, and it's not a good place to live. <laughs> no. I don't know how council allowed it. Uh, but anyway, Cemetery Beach. Um, tell us about it, Siobhan. Oh, come on. Uh, there's a, I just read 16 comic books really fast, and I read this last night, so I can't okay, remember what happened you? in it. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, an American soldier uh, awakes on a space base. A nude American soldier. <laughs> He's nude. Dong watch. Dong watch. Ding, ding, ding. No, that was no dongs. There is. There's a silhouette of a dong. Oh, well, I not see real. a silhouette. <laughs> <laughs> already. Already. We're off the rails. Go um, But yeah, an American soldier wakes up um, in being questioned. Uh, he's, he's, he's nude and in shackles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he uh, escapes after being questioned and figuring out that he's um, off world mm-hmm. in a space base. Um, and Offworlders do not like people from America anymore because they left that world to start a new one. Mm. Um, and so, uh, basically, many years ago, um, a bunch of people left left Earth, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly in ruin, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. and started their own new world. Um, and now they've realised that Earth have worked out how to get to where they are, and uh, shit's going to go down. Oh no! And we see that basically from the eyes of uh, yeah, this this American. Uh, army guy who is escaping with another um, imprisoned, potentially lady. crazy lady. Um, who and has earrings, like, in her hair? Yeah. She has, like, hair piercings. Great. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the bulk of this book is just a, a really, really fun, expertly, kind of tightly paced uh, escape sequence. Yeah, it's like Escape from New York. That's the vibe that I get from this comic. Definitely. In a very, very positive sense. The art's super frenetic. All of the um, action is like really dynamic and um, exciting, and the colors are really great. And yeah, yeah. And I so like this. That, uh, as everyone, much as I everyone, remember what happened in it. Everyone on this new world refers to our world as old home. Um, and they're not uh, privy to the many technological advancements that we've made there. So, like, they're very baffled by the idea of a smartphone. They still, they still roll their own cigarettes. Guys, and, and use imagine. typewriters. What a world. Uh, so yeah, Sounds th- like a way better world. I want to move there. Okay, cool. Cool. 
you could be that uh, morbidly naked obese man. Well, he's not—he's not morbidly obese. He's morbidly naked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the end of this issue, um, really, really cool first issue, and it's—I love you know like Warren Ellis is a pretty multifaceted writer. He has lots of different facets. Um, yes, uh, and uh, this is one that I—I I mean, I, I think red. Have you yes, read yes, th- yes, those, yes. Th- th- those three issues that make that somehow influenced a pretty terrible series of Bruce Willis <laughs> movies? But those are like, you forget that that's what Warren Ellis uh, is is really really good at. Just like yeah, he does like three years of like impenetrable, insane sci-fi fantasy comics, and then he'll just knock it out of the park with like a really tight action comic, yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, your other ones were good, but I like <laughs> this too, Warren. Yes, he's good. Uh, so Cemetery Beach, real good. Yeah, real good. Uh, next, we're going to have... I meant to look up what number this would uh, be in Roman. Oh, yeah. So, M is... 1,000, right? Wow, this is going to be some crazy maths. The only reason I know anything, any Roman numerals, is because of cryptic crosswords. <laughs> oh, really? I was going to say, like, at the end of, like, movies when they have the production stamp. Oh, no. nope. She Crypto hates the cinema. Hate the cinema. So, this is a book uh, called MCMLXXV. Um, oh my god! So someone's actually made a converter. 1975. There you go. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and it's written by Joe Casey with art by Ian Masewan, 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 McEwen, McEwen. That could be too. M A C E W A N. Yeah, McEwen. But McEwen. I had a McEwen in my class, and it was M C K E O N. What? Yeah. K U N. E O N. K E O N. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fun stuff. Anyway. Ian McEwen. That makes sense. Uh, Brad Simpson on colors on this one too. Um, I know a lot about Joe Casey, but yep. I don't know anything about Ian McEwen. Not even how to pronounce his last name, obviously. But I like him. He's incredible. Yeah. What an amazing uh, find on this book. The art. Absolutely. It's very like Ed Pisco slash uh, Frank Avia. Is that a good? Is yeah, that a good A bit more vibe? pencil. Like, the, the colors make it feel more Frank, Frank yeah, Avia. Yeah, definitely. Than, than it. It's, it's very, very well penciled, um, stylized. Yeah. This is a, this is like Joe Casey's take on like a warriors esque era. Yeah. Black exploitation New York action book. Yep. Um, and uh, complete with narration from someone uh, hosting a radio show and dedicating various soul songs to mm-hmm. uh, to characters that make up the town. Um, and uh, this is a, this is a version of 1975 New York that has ninjas. Yes. And. Big street gangs and monsters. And uh, our hero is a taxi driver who is also... A uh, sexy lady. A lady who uh, is endowed with uh, the power of being able to like electrify things that she's holding and turn them into brutal weapons to take down ninjas. I guess. Um, and uh, yes, she, she kind of is, is put in charge of protecting various people that she takes places in her cab. Um, it's a pretty simple concept uh, and... It reminded me a little bit of um, Jeff Darrow's uh, Shaolin Cowboy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Absolutely. In that it is just like these, like you know, like f- simple setups leading to big, ridiculous um, yeah. action scenes. And she's kind of like a Ronan esque character, and like on the mean streets, doing yep. her own thing, protecting the world. And blah blah uh, blah blah. This has a great, great use of automatopoeia within um, within the artwork. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a, at one point, the the car screeches around a corner, mm-hmm. and you see like a almost three D version of the word screech um, and it kind of curves around with the cab in the panel. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. great It's great stuff. Absolutely. And really like um, <laughs> really violent, gory, excellent action scenes. Yeah. And, you know, you could argue Joe Casey maybe shouldn't write a exploitation uh, style uh, book given that he is not 
a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he handles it with uh, the appropriate level of like. There's an acknowledgement that this is this is him paying tribute to something, and it doesn't yeah. feel offensive. At absolutely, any point. absolutely. To me, yeah. And also, a white man. Mm, interesting. <laughs> As a white lady, I also think it was fine, but I would be interested to hear yep. other people's perspectives. Uh, but yeah, 1975. It was a really fun first issue. Um, yeah, really uh, enjoyed this. I'll definitely be reading more of that. I'm on board for both, both of these new series from Image. 100. Did you say 100? I did. I did say 100. 100. 100. Um, uh, so now we've got two from, two number ones from Marvel. Um, the first of which is the return of uh, a creative team to um, a character that they previously did a series that was cancelled. Yep. Um, and that is Sinner Grace returning to Iceman. And I believe that this was like back by popular demand. Right. Um, so I think that was a bit of an outcry because, again, this is another series that maybe didn't sell that well in single issue but was picked up by a lot of people in trade. Um, and so when it was announced it was cancelled, there was quite rightly a bit of an uproar. Um, and now it's back and it says first issue of a cool new era. Cool. Yeah, because it's ice. He's Iceman. Get yeah. it? Get it, you guys? Get it, guys? Men are cool. Cool. Um, I can't remember. I should have looked this up. If the who the artist was on the first uh, series of Iceman, I gave that series a few, a few issues. I didn't fully get into it. I'm a big fan of Cindy Grace's more personal yeah. creator owned stuff. But uh, what really held me back from enjoying that series was I didn't think the artwork was on the same level as the writing. Like norm- normally, you when you get a very modern book, you have very modern feeling art- artwork, and yeah. the artwork on that felt quite dated. In like a. Um, not fun sort of late 90s way. Yeah, totally. And uh, the art on this book is by um, Nathan Stockman with colours by Frederico Blee. And I don't like them either. Okay. Fair um, enough. I can't even remember if it, if, it, if, it, if it just feels... That was like the, the main thing stopping this from feeling like a... Like A-list even though, book. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, you have this very modern feeling writing. Um, like it is relentlessly quippy because that's yes. what Iceman's character is when written by Cine Grace. Um, but I just—I I, mean, who Bobby's always been? Yeah, for sure. Just um, now, his quips have a bit more um... zazz. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I found the artwork really held this book back for me. This this, this issue. Definitely, I think it would it would benefit from a more contemporary feeling. Like, I mean, imagine if someone like Chris Anker was doing this book; it would be a totally different totally. thing. And it's so weird to me that it, that they aren't. Like, um, yeah, but. I enjoyed this issue a lot more than I enjoyed the previous arc, which was mostly, I mean, like it's a fairly complicated thing to take on a character who's now uh, been not retconned, but has come out and has previously been a heterosexual character for his entire time. And I think Senna Grace is handling it really, really beautifully. Um, I like this new version of Bobby. I think that he's really found a good voice for the character, which I think is the thing that was missing for me. Yep. Um, I found the jokes really funny and I thought they really landed. Yeah. Um, And, the art is serviceable, if not exciting to me. I think Iceman is a character who is often the same color and like covered in ice and yes. like, you know, shooting ice out from him. And if you don't have a dynamic artist doing that, it just looks weird and yeah. crappy. And that's kind of what this did. I think that's fair. But drew the hell out of Bishop. Yeah. He, the thing, like, Bishop. Stock, Stockman draws a great Bishop. I just loved, yeah, the, yeah. loved all the Morlocks. That was good. I think the action sequences were good. Well, and I mean, like, you know, you, like Iceman did lots of sliding around on ice. So you said, you said Bishop, you said Morlocks. This issue definitely felt a lot more like Cine Grace writing an X-Men book. Whereas yeah. the last book, it happened, it felt more like a smaller scale gay superhero book. Yes. It was this, mostly this, about like Bobby talking to his parents as yes. far as I could tell. And uh, I think this balances both sides of Bobby and Iceman really well. Yeah. Those are really funny jokes. Like his um, battle cry being, sorry to clobber you. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's funny. Um, also from Marvel this week was Journey into Mystery, The Birth of Krakoa. Um, number one, I had no idea what this was going in. I also thought Krakoa was a mutant, not a like gamma or um, radiation poisoning bad Look, maybe, guy. Maybe it's both. Who knows? Mm. Um, but uh, this... Uh, this one shot, as I found out when it, when it suddenly ended, yes, um, is written by Dennis Hopeless, um, with art by Jubal Morissette Fan and Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. So a great creative team. Yeah. This book looks and reads really, really well. Um, basically, it's set um, in 1945. We have Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, uh, like flying, and then they uh, like in, in, not not like with their hands in a, flying on a, on a plane <laughs> on an um, airplane coming back from. Killing some, some bad, bad guys, guys, Jerry's, whatever. I can never Sam. think of what the right things are. Yep. Uh, and then they're flying over and they see an island in the middle of the Pacific be bombed with a, what are those things called? Atomic, Nuclear bomb. Yeah. Atomic it's bomb. A big atomic mushroom cloud. And the guy's like, oh no, we're all going to die from radiation poisoning. But it's worse because the radiation creates a crazy monster known as Krakoa who starts... Um, like eating all of the people with his plants, kind of thing. Yeah, and taking kind of taking them out one at a time. Um, so it's like a little bit of balancing horror and war adventure with Nick Fury, literally at the center of Krakoa, uh, yeah. at, trying to escape his stomach. And one eye, but no eye patch. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. An interesting choice. Yeah, um, but I thought this is like yeah, like really really fun comic. It's, I mean, Dennis Hopeless, one of our favorite Marvel writers of the last few years, of course. Um, his Spider-Woman run and uh, Aven- Avengers Arena, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two of his the best things that he's done. Um, but hasn't done that much since Spider-Woman ended. Yeah, I don't know what he's actually I guess we got, we got that Jane Grey book. That, oh, was, that yep. was quite good. That was him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, cool. He's going to be writing like a Fury Harlan Commandos series now. I'm super keen for this. but um, I would totally read like a World War II set Howling Commandos, Nick Fury book. Yeah, me too. This is not that book. It's a one shot. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just but did. Do you feel like this was essential reading for anyone? I thought it was cool. I don't know. I, 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 when I thought it was leading mm. to something, I thought when I thought it was leading to something, um, I, I, I was like on board. But uh, but it wasn't. It just ended. I thought it was like. I don't think anyone needs to read this. If you're like super interested in how Krakoa came to be, and if you love Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, and you're like, that's not my Nick Fury because you hate. <laughs> Black Nick Fury, because you're a racist, so, then maybe pick up this book. So you're, you're <laughs> implying that I'm a racist because I did like it. Yes. Okay, great. I'll yes, take, I that. Am. take it on the chin. Um, Thank you. Anyway, it was largely fine, but I don't think it's an essential pickup for anyone. Okay. Um, I liked it. Largely fine's okay by me. Mm. Um, so now we move over to DC for Sandman, the Sandman universe on their Vertigo imprint. This is the return of uh, a lot of things in the Sandman universe. Last week we got the one that was the one. Uh, by Cy Spurrier. Yep. Do you remember what it was called? Dreaming. The, the Dreaming. House of Dreaming. House the Dreaming. Dream. The Dreaming. Yep. Uh, and now this week we get uh, House of Whispers, um, which is written by Nalo Hopkinson with Dominique Domo Stanton and John Rausch on art. Um, and this is set in New Orleans, um, featuring characters that I think were actually in Gaiman's original um, Sandman. And run. also, also, but sort of largely um, well known. <laughs> religious slash mythological figures that you might know from other things like other Neil Gaiman books for example some of the characters that he uses in American Gods show right. up in this sure but I don't think they're the same versions do you know what I mean like yeah. I don't think they share a universe um, so the book opens with like a party being held in the swamps 
um, of New Orleans um, where a, uh, a, a mermaid is she a mermaid or is she wearing just got a tail on uh, oh you know I didn't even notice that the whole way through the book but I guess she's a mermaid yeah Mistress Erzuli is her name um, and uh, she, she appears to also like people appear to be at this party in their dreams and they're coming to her for advice and help yeah, and they've got to give like give a sacrifice, but it's not really necessarily like sacrificing a person. Or so it's like they yeah. bring like a tidbit of information or a wish or gossip. A she gossip. deals in gossip. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, while that's happening, a group of young kids, like teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, are playing with like a. Um, they found a book. If you right. read the um, Sandman, uh, like that one that had all of the short stories. A- that was kind of a teaser for this. Yep. You kind of almost needed that to understand what was going on in this. Otherwise, it was a little bit confusing. Well, even still, it may have been. It was a little bit confusing, this issue. I think that um, I'm really excited about this expansion of the Sandman universe, and I'm excited that they're bringing like a voodoo um, element to it, and they've got like a woman of color writing it and a woman of color drawing it. That's cool as hell. Um, this is definitely Nailo Hopkins's first comic book and I think it reads like that a bit mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in this first issue but I think she had a lot to do to kind of set the groundwork of this new corner of the Sandman universe so I'm on board and I'll keep reading it um, but it maybe wasn't the most like knock it out of the park killer perfect first issue that I've ever read yeah so the, basically the, the issue ends after a bunch of weird events happen uh, the the entire river that the boat that our main characters are hosting this party on end up in the, the, the dreaming, whatever you call that, like the Sandman yeah. world. Um, so that's going to happen, I guess. I'm into that's it. That's happened. Uh, yeah, I thought this is a, a, a not clunky. It was just like a slightly impenetrable start, but something yeah. that you need to read to. I, I, I reckon this will make more sense as we read more of it. Absolutely. I think that she's probably um, got a whole, like at the very least, the first arc planned out. And so there was just a lot of, a lot of groundwork to lay. Yep. But it was cool. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the art. That's my favorite thing about it. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be fun hearing us terribly d- um, discuss these new issues in the Sandman world. They're hard to, like, plot-wise. And they're hard to kind of, yeah, like... What do you say? Surmise. Yeah. But I uh, hope you're enjoying them if you are reading them. Um, so, over to Archie Comics now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, remind uh, everyone that we are recording inside a, uh, a very public comic book store that sells comic books, like the one we're about to talk about before we get into it. Yes. Archie 1941 is the name of this new series. It's one of five, uh, written by Mark Wade and Brian Augustine, um, featuring art by Peter Krauss and colours by Kelly Fitzpatrick. Um, and this is set in Riverdale, obviously, featuring mm-hmm. our beloved Archie characters. And having, uh, as they graduate high school, um, something's wrong. Archie just feels off. Archie's just, the magic isn't there. He's not happy anymore. What happened to that happy-go-lucky kid? The Prince of Riverdale. What happened to him? And I don't know if you forgot, Siobhan, but this is called Archie, 1941. What? And there's a terrible thing going on in the world in 1941. Flat caps. Everyone's wearing flat caps. It's because they graduated. Nah, like oh, Jughead's right. like... Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I thought, I thought, I thought you were going like... That gradu- too. I was, I was making a graduation hat joke. Right. They're very, very good in, 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 the, in the 40s America. Um, but Veronica's yeah, but, discovered bikinis. So I think this entire series is going to exist to talk about what if the children of Riverdale got enlisted to fight during World War II. That is absolutely what this comic is. Um, and it loves itself for it. Yeah, it loves it like Archie gaining some purpose through joining the army. Um, the first line on the back cover of this comic is, The historic groundbreaking miniseries begins. 
can you can't you, say that until it's come out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's can, been any response to it. You can call itself historic. Because it's set his, in history. No, historical. <laughs> yes. But not historic and groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just like, again, with a couple of the choices that Archie have made recently, who's this for? Yeah. Who's the audience for this? Veterans. Kids? Veterans? Like, where... where like, veterans the, Veterans what? of World War II, specifically. Veterans of World War II, who are also Archie, uh, also Archie Comics fans. Well, like, that, that's probably not the hardest thing to find, where they're not all dead. It'd be hard to find a veteran yeah. who, you know, could still, like, walk into a comic book shop. <laughs> Try not to be offensive to veterans. Um, I, yeah, like, I mean, this was largely fine. Not much happened in it. It's just, like, Archie moping around, being sad, being like... Mm. But, yeah, at one point, Betty gives uh, Archie, for his birthday, uh, a, a picture, a, a of, picture them. of them. And he, and like, drops it on the ground and lets and smashes smash. it. And, Why? Uh, and then walks away. And then he's in the cinema watching more newsreels about the war. And he's like, ooh, we might be joining the war. Yeah. Finally, I'll have some purpose. So I imagine the next, the next issue he'll realize that all these problems are because of Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll just go to war and, and, and solve those problems. Fix them. Bam. Done. Uh, America's the greatest forever. I don't need to read any more of this. No, it's not for me Please tell me if this is for you. I'd be interested to hear who it is for. If you like history, if you are a big World War II buff, and Read you a also like comic- <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. If you like World War II and Archie comics, maybe this is something that will really appeal to you. But I don't know if Mark Wade is the person. Ah, I'm probably being too mean to Mark Wade, but he's had his run on a, on, on Archie. Yeah, and it's weird to have paused the main Archie series to give us this when we're in the middle of like Riverdale mania. Like, yeah. why not do a comic that... They did do a Riverdale a, series. Yeah, is that know, even still around? No. No. Uh, or if it is, I don't care. Because the creative team on it isn't great. Like, they have they have the money and they have the the um, weight in the industry and now the to, be able, yeah. to be able to get some big name talent. And I don't understand why we're getting this instead of something... Like, I don't like Riverdale, but do something that fits in with that. Yeah. Anyway. Vampironica kind of does. Vampironic is so good. It is ludicrous to me that that's the best Archie comics on the shelf. Yeah. And like, you know, we're getting a it's new... It's a comic book in which Veronica is a vampire. They just announced, did you see the trailer for the new Sabrina series? It looks so good. But like, it's so influenced by that excellent Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic, which we get one issue of a year. I know. I know. It's madness. I don't really... But like, I mean, I guess that Archie are probably now just doing stuff to try and um, tie into more series or something. Yeah. Who knows? But I mean, I can't see this being turned into TV. I hope not. Anyway. Let, let us know if you enjoy this and why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Write um, me a letter. Over to uh, Dark Horse now for another thing that uh, definitely wasn't for me. Um, and that is Mystery Science Theatre 3000, the comic. I did not even pick this up because I don't even know what Mystery Science Theatre 3000 is. So I've watched very little of it. Um, it is uh, basically they get old movies and then a man and a bunch of puppets uh, talk over the top of them. So you see the silhouettes of their heads as they watch the movie okay. from the cinema. Oh, I like old movies. Yeah, and it's like riffing on like how dumb these schlocky kind of, you know, B-grade horror you know, F-grade horror movies from yesteryear are. Right, okay. It is, is beloved. There are lots of ongoing jokes and, um, yeah, people love this shit. Yeah. Um, but, so, Dark Horse announced a comic, which I think has been, has an enormous writing team, which I think is all people that uh, are involved with the TV show. So, we've got <coughs> Harold Buchholz, uh, Joel Hodgson, Matt McGuinness, Seth Robinson, Cheryl Volpe, Mary Robinson, with art by Todd Nork and uh, Mike Manley, colours by Wes... Zobia, Z- Z- Zioba. Nailed it. And uh, Mike Manley. Killing it. And uh, basically the opening um, is uh, is like 
in space where I guess mystery science theater or the TV show is usually set with the the main dude and his weird robot companions fucking around, um, and then uh, the corporation they work for invents something called the bubbleator, which can insert you into a comic, and so Ugh. by doing I mean, that, that's how they can have the ongoing riffing from the different characters as the comic goes on. So yeah, once our characters are kind of turned into, like inserted into a comic, it means that like we then go to this like kind of like fake looking golden age comic called Tom Servo, Teen Reporter, uh, which uh, is played by various characters from Mystery Science Theater, but also different characters from the show interrupt and riff throughout the comic. Um, And then there's like fake you have like a like the the speech the speech word balloons that do exist in the comic and then these kind of like fake word balloons that are the characters riffing while they're talking i feel really exhausted by this yeah i like i if, if you're a massive fan of this show i would be very interested to hear if you thought this worked yeah <laughs> I, I made it to I, I was proud of myself for making it like two-thirds through this and i was that's like impressive. i can't do any more that's of this. impressive it's just like I'm. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily appeals to comic book fans because, like, the concept of someone doing commentary over an old comic book—that's pretty fun. But like a made-up old comic book, I don't understand who yeah. that's fun for. Yeah, and, and I, you know, you can do the commentary on the comic book thing as you know Ryan uh, Ryan North always does yep. during Squirrel Girl. Even mm-hmm. Chip does with his you know editorial butting in um, yep. little panels. And but there have even been like uh, examples of doing old taking literal old comic books and redoing the um, word balloons and the, the narration and stuff like that to turn it into something new and funny and make fun of that, like the Marvel's Romance Redux yep. series. But uh, what is this for? Who? Again, who, may, may, who maybe, is this for? Maybe if, if you are a massive fan and you know what these robots are, you know, what their voices yeah. sound like, hearing what seeing their word balloons, you know what voice to read them in and that makes it funnier. But yeah, not for me this not one. Not for me. Not for me. Um, Boom Studios this week put out Low Road West, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Flaviano and uh, Miguel Muerto. Um, uh, Michael Mu- 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 Muerto, sorry, it's a, that's a Q, not a G. Um, and this, yeah, it's called uh, yeah Low Road West, and uh, so the, a, a war has broken out, and uh, most of America is like in an apocalypse state. Yep, um, spooky and, wasteland. Uh, you basically have to pay all your all your savings to get on a refugee bus that'll take you across the country that is not in ruin mm-hmm. um, and so we see a handful of characters who have done just that they're all kids um, they're all young kids yeah. and teens yep um, and uh, they've all witnessed some horrible disgusting tragedies because of this war and uh, early on in their journey um, very early on in, the, in this issue um, the the bus driver gets out of the bus which has run out of petrol gets on a bike and, and pedals away from them leaving them stranded uh, in a uh, desolate wasteland, wasteland surrounded by like Mad Max style scary men um, and so this is yeah it's like a survival horror comic um, mm-hmm. that also has uh, elements of uh, weird supernatural, supernatural stuff because the kids find a safe house what appears to be a safe house but it's a bit like a house of mystery yeah. vibes um, and uh, I wasn't I, I actually like quite liked the the early half of this Mm. where it was like just a straight up survival comic with like vague mm-hmm, supernatural mm-hmm. elements but when, when it kind of becomes a f- full supernatural comic at the end as they enter like a a realm that may or may not exist and there are like weird things in it um, I was like oh I'm not sure if I'm, I'm into this anymore so see that's when I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I liked it. I think it's like a good it's it's a timely commentary on like uh refugees and handled quite well i think and it's you know children having to deal with this incredibly adult situation i think i i think they really nailed the first issue yeah i, I like, like i said I, I agree with those comments but yeah when it when it hit the fantasy supernatural realm i was kind of like oh, i would have liked to have spent a bit more time growing that but there's of- a spooky there's a spooky skeleton in the bottom of the what's the bottom of the house called the basement <laughs> 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 there sure is. Uh, Low Robots, I might give it another shot, see if they uh, balance it more yeah. better in the second issue. Um, over to Aftershock now for a comic called Moth and Whisper. Um, as we said earlier in the episode, there were lots of number ones this week. A lot uh, of this ones. one was written by Ted Anderson with art by Jen Hickman. And uh, the Moth and the Whisperer, the Whisperer, were two great thieves. Mm-hmm. The Moth was a master of disguise, able to blend in anywhere. And um, the whisper was a master hacker. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I never even saw him coming. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so in in this issue, we are introduced to both of these, both the moth and whisper, as uh, uh, they kind of infiltrate various uh, crime mm-hmm. scenes and 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 other criminals. Um, and at the end of the issue, we learned that the moth and the whisper um, have disappeared. And it, their son is having to act as both of them in an, in an effort to try and find out where they've gone. I liked this. Like, these two last issues, I was like, oh, God, so many number ones. I'm so tired. But I actually really, really enjoyed them both. Me too. I really like this issue. I think the art's gorgeous. Um, and it's a really fun concept, really well handled, a really great, um, solid first issue. Yeah, definitely. Um, really, really cool concept. Um, basically, yeah, like a son trying to find his parents and having to, while, while pretending to be both of them. Mm. Um, really, really great. Fun little twist at the end um, when they reveal that. But I think you could, you could pick this up as, you know, knowing that that's the concept and, and really enjoy this series. Yeah, um, absolutely. A really, really good one from Aftershock. We've been on a bit, bit of a roll lately. Yeah. Lots of great books from them. Um, Boombox this week put out um, the first issue of Welcome to Wanderland, but Wanda is obviously with an A, mm-hmm. Wanderland, because you wander there, uh, written by Jackie Ball and Maddie Gonzalez, um, featuring uh, a teenager who uh, used to love this theme park called Wonderland, but now they don't look after Wonderland anymore, um, so it's all run down and shitty, and the magic's gone. Like the real Wonderland before it closed um, down. And uh, yeah, That's right, we had Sydney's own Wonderland. Um, home of uh, Space Probe 7 and The Beastie. <laughs> and, uh, Space Probe 7 sounds bad. That's what, that's what it was called. Really? Yeah, it was like no. uh, the pro- uh, you, you were like a space probe and, uh. you, and you went all the way up and, oh, and then yeah, did the yeah, countdown. Yeah. And they used to go, um, like there were variations on the countdown. So mm-hmm. they would be like five, four, three, and then just drop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they would do the full countdown and they were like, oh, something's wrong with the blah, blah, blah. Give me one second too. And then they drop you Why would you then. do that? That's well, apparently so they had to stop because someone people. had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Fun story. My main rem- memory from there is like, um, you know, the, the pirate ship thing that swings upside yep. down. I remember being like, oh, I could slip right out of this when it was upside down. That I once saw memory. someone throw up on one of those. Uh, on, no. on the upside down pirate ship and, everyone, and, and the, the vomit hover in the oh, air and then no. go over everybody. Oh, that's bad. I've also been on the rotor at Luna Park, which mm. spit, which is the one where you spin yeah, around yeah, and around, yeah, around yeah. and then you get stuck to the wall and the floor yep. leaves. Someone throw up there and That's you see good. it move That's and it splashed good. everyone except me. Nice. Real good. <laughs> 
the charmed life of Levens yep. continues. Um, so yeah, one, uh, what's it called? Welcome to Wonderland. This teenager who used to love this theme park. And who works there with her brother, I believe. Um, she pushes open a, uh, a door she's never been in before that says staff only on it and is then magically transported to the actual Wonderland. It's real, you guys. It's a, so it's like a fantasy place in which uh, she's imprisoned by an evil queen because she thinks that she's magic. Um, and the princess, who seems like really prissy, but in this, in the real Wonderland, is actually really cool. Is going to be her, her sidekick, or she's going to be the princess's yeah, sidekick? Yeah, look, this was a, a, a cool little intro to a comic that I don't need to read. Yeah, it's not for me. It's actually like the art's really, really cute. Yep. Um, but it's just not for me. And it's you know, just it says how good Boombox are at doing these kind of comics that I'm like, you know, if, if I was the target audience, I would gobble this up. But like, yeah, totally. you know, I, I, I read four of their series a, um, a year and that's enough you got to do more to impress lemons <laughs> yeah just put out fence too yes <laughs> Another, a second issue of fence please tomorrow. and thank you <laughs> um do you see that's just graphic novel now they're going to just oh, yeah so novel? i'm getting l- like the opposite of what i want mm. it's for nothing boo box <laughs> um from ahoy comics um oh, did you, you read, read the wrong of earth no what is that even so this is um a, a, a publisher i've never even heard of ahoy comics um but they have uh like different, like they, they create a list of who they've got involved. So I don't know. I don't know who. It must be run by someone that a lot of British creators owe a lot of favors to because <laughs> this has extra material from Grant Morrison, what? who wrote like a like a story, which okay. is it's not a comic though. It's like a full like it's a, if it's you like prose? Grant Morrison's prose. Yeah, it's like four pages not. of it at the end. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. I didn't read any of it. Uh, but the, the bulk of this comic was written by uh, Tom Payer. With um, Jamal Eigel on art, great, love um, Jamal Eigel. Yeah, and he's really, really good on this. Um, and Juan Castro on inks, Andy Troy on colors. Um, and so, yeah, this um, this is about uh, like a like a classic superhero story um, in which which is set over two eras or in two kind of universes. One of them is like a classic kind of throwback golden age um, uh, in which we see um, Dragonfly Man um, and his like Robin esque. Uh, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you called? Psychic. Sidekick, um, like about to be you abused know, teen in, in a death trap, but not really. Like okay. you know, by a very flamboyant Joker esque kind of uh, villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut. We then like move to a uh, Fortune City on Earth Omega, which is like a dark age. You know, grim DC. Yeah, everything's nasty and awful. And uh, the two, the heroes and villain, swap. So the Joker, the Joker figure, and the and the Dragonfly Batman figure both swap to different um, the, the different worlds. So you ah. have the flamboyant Golden Age um, villain and hero in the dark timeline, and the dark versions in the Golden Age timeline. And like, there's lots of differences. Like, um, the police hate. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the hero in, mm-hmm. in the dark timeline. So when he appeals for them for help, they shoot him. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, as soon as the, the, the Joker, ver- like the ver- this version of the Joker ends up in the golden age um, thing, the first thing he does is put a knife through the, uh, the sidekick. Great. The sidekick. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like amusing and, and pretty fun. And I guess now it's going to be about them finding their, their, their original worlds back after traveling through a magic mirror. Um, Great. It's cool. I actually quite liked the, the main story in this. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's a concept that's been like done a bit lately, but um, that sounds fun. Yeah, it felt new and enough. If it's yeah. Jamal Eagle on art, that's that's a win. Definitely. So yeah, The Wrong of Earth, and it's through Ahoy Comics. 
Um, I've never heard of Ahoy Comics. I guess it's, yeah. They, they but have, I like the name. They, they have a few things coming out soon. Um, I know that Mark Russell is doing something for a book Ooh. called Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror. Oh. Which is interesting. Um, and, and hilariously, they have like a list of all their creators for the books they're putting out this month. Um, and you have like, yeah, like the regular creative teams on their main books. So Tom Pay is at the top of the list. And then you've got Grant Morrison um, and Mark Russell's on there, Andy Troy, Stuart Moore. And then they have Edgar Allan Poe as one of the creators <laughs> in October. It's <laughs> rolling so in his grave. They must be adapting some of his stuff for it. Mm. Um, those are all the number ones I read. I tried to read a book called Newbury and Hobbes, The Undying. Is that like a gender bent um, thingy? Uh, you know like what Sherlock I mean. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. kind of thing. Kind of, maybe. I don't know. It was it was boring. Cool. So I didn't read it. Nice. The end. Nice job. Um, so now we play a game called Siobhan, Siobhan left the I dice left at the home. Dice at home because I don't have a desk here anymore, guys. I'm gonna have to start bringing the dice with me. Hey, Anne, should we review Marvel, DC, or Image first? Image, image. first. Sorry. Thanks, Ange. Okay, so we're gonna review Image first. Um, and they've got a big Image Week here. It really was. So um, <coughs> let's start with image week. the return of one of our beloved uh, quarterly comics, uh. Headlopper, um, which is uh, written and drawn by Andrew McLean with colours by Geordie Belair. And this is issue nine of Headlopper. But, but it comes the out... the start of the third arc. Yeah, that's right. So we get like a four-part four series, which is then collected in trade uh, every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this one is called Headlopper and the Knights of Venora. And Headlopper is a... Uh, Unkillable barbarian with yep. an enormous sword who lops the heads of evildoers and monsters over all across the lands. His name is Norgal, and uh, he carries with him a witch's head uh, in a in a bag on over his shoulder. Her name is Agatha. Yep, and uh, in this we see a little bit of the uh, the origin story of not so much of Agatha's origin, but of the how they meet cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, when, when they met and when he when he lopped chopped, her head exactly. <laughs> Um, and the bulk of this issue, and I guess this arc, it happened at Stonehenge. Sorry, just to it, yeah, that's, give it away. that was really really great. But yeah, the um, it's uh, them trying to imp- like basically having to go undercover to uh, to enter a, 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 a town in which magic is outlawed. Um, Do not mention the talking head in the basket. So yeah, um, <laughs> Agatha is like in a basket and, and banned from talking. It's. I Even love when it. she gets an arrow through the nose. I forget that this is a comedy book sometimes. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is, yeah. It, it, like, you know, in spite of looking amusing and with, like, McLean's kind of simple, very pop, pop arty artwork, um, <clears throat> I do view it as, like, a, you know, a fantasy. Like Conan the Barbarian. Exactly, a fantasy <laughs> barbarian book, first It's the and best foremost. possible version of um, that genre, I feel. I totally agree with you. Um, and uh, in this one, like, they have a massive fight with the Goblin Army. But then Agatha is just such a funny, wild card character. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, I love the weird... Like, they are friends. I, don't, I know that, like, you know, he cut her head off and stuffed her in a bag. And they fight all the time. But that's what you do with your friends. best friends. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. You shout at each other. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, was, uh, I, I really love this return. It's always really good. McLean's art is unbelievably I good. absolutely love this issue. For me, um, this was, like, the strongest first issue, just plot-wise. Like, really, really solid... Um, compelling story much more so i think than the last arc yep. which was in that weird temple with the little little cute guys yeah which eventually got got going um yeah but uh yeah. but there's a lot of like um intrigue and sort of drama happening in this one little town and i think that the art might be the best it's ever been nate and i had a big um the canonically lovely nate and i had a big um disagreement with this because he was like i didn't like that issue and i was like you're insane that's the best it's ever looked the colors are like phenomenal 
Um, and I thought it was just a really good, fun story. Yep. God, that scene where he fights the um, the, the boar. Mm, yes. Yeah, good. So good shit. Um, and there's all I kinds of myster- mystery afoot. Um, you have a, a spy who's dating. Um, a thief. A, a th- yeah, a, a thief and spy who's dating um, Norgal's like chaperone in this uh-huh. uh, magic band town. And uh, all the higher ups are kind of plotting against him while he's there. Mm-hmm. And then there's some weird. There's a cool old lady who's smoking. Yeah, I'm, I'm so into it. And then not, not to mention the new character that we meet, the actual knight of Venora. Yeah. Who is going to team up with him now, who's really, really cool. Yeah, I really love this. This is great. Awesome book. Man, I fucking love Headlopper. I love Headlopper. So good that it's back. Yep. Come on, guys. If you aren't reading this, yeah. now is the time to jump on. And, even and if then not also read... go back and reread all Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could, this is a great jump on point. It really is. You just need to know this is a dude that lops heads. Plus, it also contains like, like you know, more more backstory than we ever got in the yeah, first Yeah, exactly. Issues, like, so just this jump is... on board. Yes. It's very good. Um, what should we talk about next? The New World Issue 3? Why not? While Alice we're talking Cot about amazing art. And Trad Moore. Um, teaming up for a book with uh, Heather Moore and Clayton Cowles and Tom, Tom Muller. Um, this is uh, yeah, the new world set far into the future where um, w- one of our heroes is a uh, like the, the star of a cop's reality show where she travels the world busting criminals. and All cops are in a reality show now because of their um, body cams. Yep. And we can all watch them and you can people vote on whether they should kill or let the perp go. And our hero is the granddaughter of the um, president of the United States. And so she was always like, you can't make me kill anyone. I'm not going to kill someone. And then they tried to make her do it. And so she's run away with a guy that she had sex with at a rave. And she, he who's is a bag, also who's yeah, a, like a rebel. Enemy number one of, of America. Yes. Um, and uh, this uh, book featured uh, home surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met a bigger cast of characters. Um, we saw an incredible fight in a future apartment. Um, and we also saw... Um, a, 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 a sad, a sad conversation with uh, with AI. Yes, and uh, and our main character. I love how um, and a cat rescue and a very funny cat rescue. That one panel of him catching the cat with his head. Yep, worth it. Worth it for the cover price. Um, this is like. The art is so good. Yeah, I so know it doesn't even really need to be said because it's tried more, but like, holy moly, this book yeah. looks fucking unbelievable. It is so beautiful. Language. Sorry, I'm so sorry, but it's that good, guys. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and the story's really fun. I think Alice Cott's really having a bit more fun with this than he is with anything else. And maybe that's just because of the art. Well, uh, yeah, I think when uh, when this book first, the first issue came out, I was like, I love that, 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 that bumper-sized issue. Mm-hmm. And I may have said something like, you know, it would have been nice for Alice Cott to have written... Um, more dynamic action scenes for Trad to draw. And then I feel like every issue since then, Trad's just been let off the leash yeah. more and more with this issue just being just like almost like nonstop. Absolutely. Wild, and I like crazy action. And yeah, I like how um, like meta referential this is about comic books. Like our hero's dad is called Logan. And at one point he's like, I'm the best at what I do and what I do. Is yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. And there's a couple of other little fun comic book references in there that make this sort of like not just a fun action future sci-fi thing. It's also a bit of a cool commentary on superhero comics. Yeah. And I like it. And I like the big mech suits. And I love Trad more. And I love it. Me too. Real good. Buy it. Such a good comic. The it New really World. is. Really I, was, I was worried comic. about the pairing of them because I love Same. Trad more and I'm up and down on. I like most of what Alice Scott has done. Some of what Alice Scott's done, sorry, is a better way to say it, but nothing that they've done has really like grabbed me in the same way that pretty much everything that um, Trad Moore has done. Yeah. Uh, Materials is one of the, like, my, like, that's an 
that's a proper favorite comic of mine. I really think Alice Cotton nailed it with that, and everything he's done since then, I've been a bit disappointed by. But this is just so phenomenal. Yep, it's such a good comic book. Real good stuff. It's so much, so much fun to read. Um, worth buying in single. I think it's like one of those series that you will you will value having in single. Yep. Um, another book back from a very short hiatus compared to Headlopper's hiatus is uh, Sleepless. Um, previously, one of our favorite. Uh, series uh, when it started at mm-hmm. the start of the year, uh, written by Sarah Vaughan with art by Leila Del Duca. And uh, we've also got um, Al- Alice uh, Sala on colors. Um, and this is uh, yeah, the medieval book in which uh, uh, everyone is kind of guarded by the sleepless, a sleepless night. Mm-hmm. Nights that give up sleep to guard the royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like about, uh, you know, various... Like levels of Court wealth, intrigue. exactly. Like uh, class issues. Yeah, it's it's really really awesome and and different and mm-hmm. gripping in a way that I've not been by a medieval set yes. uh, piece of art ever. Yes, if you like, um, you know, Elizabeth starring Kate Blanchett, you would probably really enjoy this. If that, if you like sort of uh, historical romances, this is exactly that. We have our Lady Papenia, who is. Um, father was the king but whose mother was a foreigner and she is the only black person in her court um and she has been uh her life has been really upset by the death of her father because now she doesn't have a position in court and she doesn't have a role anymore but she's not allowed to go back to her home so there's all kinds of political and like uh, courtly intrigue. Like she has to marry someone and she doesn't love him because obviously she loves her sleepless knight who's this handsome man called Serenic. But he is now asleep yep. because like, you've got you to sleep at some point, guys. Yeah, well, if you don't, otherwise you succumb to the madness. Yeah, the sleep madness. This is such a, it's such a beautiful comic. It's so beautifully drawn. Every character feels like alive and real and like... You know, it's that tip of the iceberg thing. Like, we only just see what they let us see. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's such a treat. And it's really, really good at nuance in that, like, we've met a few characters that at first we see as villains. And now when we learn more of them, we don't view them as that anymore. Yes. Um, and I, I love it when that happens. But, like, what a, what a triple bill of comics from Image. Like... Headlopper, New World, and uh, Sleepless. Yeah, yeah. That's, a t- that's a hot three. Um, they, had, they put out more good ones, that too. That makes me so pleased. So happy. <coughs> um, so good. Look, one that I didn't enjoy as much of those, I should just get this one out of the way, is the fourth issue of The Weatherman. I've been umming and yeah. ahhing about sticking on this book. It's by Jody LaHoop, um, featuring art by Nathan Fox and Dave Stewart. Um, and in the first issue, we saw um, uh, the main character's dog get uh, murdered, like quite mm. viciously. Yeah. In, in this one, we watch a uh, very young boy uh, disintegrate into, like, ash. Okay. Um, over the course of a page in like an apocalypse scenario. And mm. uh, that coupled with, like, I, I don't really need to see that first and foremost, yeah. but also I, I forget what happens in between the arcs and there's nothing in the way of a recap page. Give us a recap know, page. A recap guys. page. Uh, so I think I'm going to drop this one, unfortunately. But there is a lot to like about it. It's just, yeah, there are a lot of uh, things I don't want to see do- dead on a yeah. comic book yeah. <laughs> also in the mix. Um, Farmhand, issue number three by Rob Gilroy, written and drawn by Rob Gilroy. Um, uh, previously of Chu, um, featuring colors by Taylor Wells. Um, this is his first kind of series uh, on his own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially post-Chu. Um, and uh, it's about uh, a family who have been reunited with their estranged father slash grandfather, mm-hmm. who is now like a leading genetic scientist yep. who gro- who has created plants that grow human body parts. Yep. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of crazy BS going on. Uh, <laughs> I muted nice myself. Nice catch, nice catch. Yeah. Keep going. That was a small baby. BS stands for bullshit, everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Um, Rated R. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, this is a, a book that I grow to like more and more yeah. with this issue. Like Every time, like, I was like, oh, this is not going to be for me. I can definitely see the appeal of this would have to other people, but just not for me. And every issue, I'm like, oh, this is so great. I love it. Yeah. It's really, really good. And the they humor- call the area with the, the, the boobs the melon patch. Come on, that's <laughs> hilarious. The group boobs. And there's like a line of adults like snickering out the yeah. front of it. Um, I liked it. In, in this one, a, a, a dog, like a visiting little like pooped, uh, pampered pup. Yep. Pampered pup. Pampered <laughs> pup eats, eats, like, gets into one of the, um, the genetic patch. It's an eyeball. And uh, turns into this like enormous monster. And so it becomes like a monster book. Yeah. Um, and, and there's like a weird little half dog, half caterpillar that's following around one of our hero. heroes. And there's like, yeah, it's just so... It's so silly. Guys, and, and how do you really, come up with this? He's really, really expertly seeding future mystery for, yes. for, for books. And like for this, like, you know, again, it's it's a... First and foremost, a comedy book, but there's so much family drama. Yes, totally. It's just yeah, there's a lot going on, and and it's all balanced really, really well. Yeah, I think this is a tremendous book. I really like it. I really like it much more than I ever thought I was going to. It is like silly, goofy, slapsticky fun, Um, but with a lot of depth to it. Like a core, like a heart, and like yeah, yeah, depth, real depth. It's good shit, guys. Read it. Well done, Rob Gilroy. Um, Crowded is another issue that came out. Uh, the second issue of this book, written by Christopher Sabella, with art by Rose Stein, who I really, really like the I art I can't of. believe this is kind of only the second issue. Mm. Lots happened. Um, Ted Brandt on inks, Triona Farrell on colours, so a great creative team, um, about a... Uh, and this has an excellent recap page, too. It's like a... Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a, like a, not a by, uh, by the numbers. It re- yeah. Recap page is like kind of like a... It's like a pop-up that would come up in a, a website. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there is, uh, basically in this world, you can um, put out a hit on somebody uh, through cr- crowdfunding. Yeah. And if people back you, that makes the hit legal and anyone can kill this person and win money. It's and, a great idea. But once you've... Uh, and this is great because they, they give you a whole bunch of um, exposition through, mm-hmm. through a bunch of characters that are like being complained about as mansplainers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's great. It's like you, you just have to do this massive info dump, in, in info dump in a really, really amusing way. Absolutely. But I'm like, oh, actually, I'm glad that I know all the things that these guys are talking about now. Yes. Um, so once a hit's being put out on you and it fails, like if, if, the, if, the, if the target survives, they very rarely do, no one can put a hit on them again. Ah, but how long does the hit last? I think it's like four weeks. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, this uh, basically like, uh, a kind of uh, ex- extremely uh, LA, LA girl mm-hmm. um, has, uh, has a hit's gone out, put out on her. She doesn't know why, um, but it's really but questioning. But she doesn't seem like a nice person. So no, that totally. might be why. Um, and so she's enlisted the help of someone who uh, is like a hardened uh, kind of shut off. Um, who who basically you know has has the biggest success rate of keeping people alive through these, uh, but not a high score because she's not very nice. No, totally. And she's like what a former cop turned yes. bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this uh, she's a nerd. This issue introduced us to a few other like kind of bodyguard figures that she used to work with, um, and the teen hackers who uh, live in the comic book store that she frequents. They are the ones, the mansplainers who give us the massive info dump of the world, the world that we're in right now. Um, and I guess at, at its heart, this book is about the friendship between uh, the girl with the hit on her and mm-hmm. the bodyguard that she's hired to look after her. Um, and uh, they're very, very different, but and they're both very flawed. But together, that's a good friendship. It's a good friendship. Potentially. Potentially. 
or will it end in tears? Um, because a whole bunch of uh, extremely professional uh, hitmen are on their way to, uh, to t- try and take our hero out. Uh, this is great. I really yeah. like it. It's Crowded. really silly. Yeah, it's really, really fun. And uh, Rose Dean, Rose Dean or Stein's art is awesome. Yeah, really, really good really fun. Really good um, like action comedy stuff. She draws good swimmers. Babies. Yes. Swimming costumes. Yes. Yeah. Sensible one pieces. That's what I like. The Wicked and the Divine, just quickly, um, issue number 39, as we uh, uh, slowly get towards the end. I don't know how, I think it's maybe like five issues left of this series and a few one shots on top of that. Okay. Um, I, it's really, really good, is all I really want to say about it because I don't want to spoil it for those of you who are waiting for trade. And if you aren't reading it already, it's not probably not the best time to be jumping onto it. No, hell no. You, this is completely impenetrable now to, the new, to a new reader. But, but is it. But you would say it's worthwhile to go back. Would you go back I've to the said beginning? So, so many times. I know, I know. You, you should. You I always just keep yourself. ignoring you. You would <laughs> love it so much. I know. You would. Like you. But I hate Kieran Gillan's whole like. Oh, music is magic. But it's I'm not, forty guys. It doesn't do that at all. I know. Really. It's. I know. It, it's. You know. There's a few cringy moments where it is him. Um, like he, because he gets so close to genuine dialogue or inner thoughts of teenagers, but then he'll slip up with like one word, and then I'm like, oh. I, you're Damn not, it, Kieran, you're, you're 45. Exactly. But for the most part, it's really, really well written. And Jamie Ricalvi's just the, just the bomb. It's, but the plotting and, and overall story is so engrossing and cool and all different. Right, all right, you should do it. It's right. epic, dude. It's fucking epic, man. Yeah. Try and catch up. It's just so hard to read. Like, that first couple of arcs were like... I reckon you could burn through that first trade so quickly and you'd be like, what was I thinking? Yeah, true. True, but, true, true. Yeah, it definitely is a lot easier to read than now than when it was uh, in the first 10 issues. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Who's distracting you, Siobhan? Is it the one and only Payne Wayne? Wayne's, Payne? Wayne's full of pain. Uh, so we're, we're first of recording all, a podcast, you piece of shit. Wayne's brought McDonald's. A PG podcast. Oh, yeah. Good luck, uh, good luck uh, describing to your kids what a piece of shit is this week, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, King, King's Comics employee Wayne, uh, listens to uh, Serious Issues with his kids. And Big if mistake. You, if you listen to Serious Issues... Um, you'll it's big baby kn- Wayne. You'll know that uh, Siobhan calls Wayne names every week. Yeah, because he's wrong about all comic books for, 
forever. He has the wrong opinions about everything. And if he likes something, I don't like it. And if I like something, he doesn't like it. Also, he's she, wrong. Wayne, you brought McDonald's and, and a drink into the store. There's a no food policy, but can I feel You're going to have to eat I'm going to do, do the McDonald's Monopoly. Let's see if you won. This is, this is riveting stuff. Everyone at the King staff has been like exclusively eating McDonald's oh, since we so started fucked. because we're so close to McDonald's. That's so it's bad. so bad. It's I'm the only person. It's null void if you rip it, dude. <laughs> I'm trying not to rip it. Uh, yeah. What'd you win? Vine Street, 1K shopping voucher. What? What does that mean? What does that mean? Did you just win something? You're a winner. <laughs> You're a wiener. You're a wiener. That's a classic, classic riff. Um, You're welcome. So we, right. did, we did image. Oh, quick, quick uh, Wayne, should we, should we do image or DC next? Marvel or DC? Marvel or DC? DC? DC. No. DC. <laughs> Why are you mad? Because DC sucks. Get into it at some point. Hey, that's not true. That's not true at all. I don't know what DC you were reading, mate. It didn't suck this week. I DC just... for jerks. Sure. Yeah. It's another good, good burn by you. <laughs> um, so, uh, what have we got? Um, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman issue 54. I picked it up. I by Steve Orlando. I didn't read the last few, so I was a bit lost in this one, but I really liked the artwork by Royal Allen, um, who I, if DC have uh, bought him. I hope so. Exclusively, like that's an amazingly good get. For Is that him. real? I don't know. I just, oh. I've never seen Royal Allen on a. Royal Allen before. and Patricia Martin on yeah. art with colors by Borja Pindado. Pindado. Sure. Um, good name. But. Uh, so one woman has teamed up with um, the ladies Atlanta, Atalanta and Artemis. Yep, um, and that's how they prefer to be known as the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's in like Amazon. their name is like Lady Artemis and Lady yeah. Atalanta, um, and they're from the what are they called? What is that thing? The Cu- the Curac? something. They're from Curac. The Bana Bana Migdal. So they're the people that Artemis is like a part of. They're the sort of offshoots of the Themyscirans, who are more like they're like nomads. Right. Scary lady nomads. They they fly to Kurak, which is uh, DC for Middle East. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's right next to Kunduk. Yeah. Um, And uh, they immediately get into some uh, hot water because... um, Rustum. Rustum, the guy with the sword that's always on fire. Okay. Cool. I don't know who he is, but I'm down. Um, down. He's he's a bad guy. You're down. He loves fire swords. Um, They've enlisted the help of him and uh, a fight breaks out. Yes. And um, then there's like like invading forces of, from the west or something. I don't something know. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like there's also infighting because the Burnham Migdal have decided that um, Themyscirans are no longer their friends, and so they're gonna fight Wonder Woman and also maybe some other people. Um, pretty. It's okay. gonna go badly for you guys. Okay, issue. I, I'm, I've, I've annoyingly I missed like the the last issue. And yeah, now yeah, yeah. It's not on shelves anymore. Right, because it's sold out. Because it's great. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, Steve Orlando like does a good Wonder Woman, yeah, and uh, a, a great, great choice of art to get ACO and then um, Royal Allen on the same arc. That's cool. it. Actually, really flows well. Yeah, great. Um, it's both, not like a really jarring change artist to artist. They're both pretty dynamic artists when it comes to like panel layouts and um, and Orlando's definitely a little on the wordy side, but um, Royal Allen kind of d- divides it up pretty well. Yeah, I really like this issue. I really like this arc. I think Steve Orlando is really nailing it. Um, I'll be sad to see him go, but I'm excited to see whoever's coming G. Next. Willow Wilson. G. Willow Wilson. That's going to be great. It's going to be great fun. Uh, Superman this week, uh, written by Brian Bendis, with art by Ivan Reyes, um, and featuring a whole bunch of uh, inkers. Uh, Joe Prado, O'Claire Albert, and Alex Sinclair on colors. Um, and this is, like, I guess, the more action comic 
as yeah. opposed to action comics. So I want to say first and foremost that action comics is easily the better of the two Superman comics at the moment. It's my favorite one. It's better art um, and better story for me as well. Um, I don't like Ivan Reyes very much. and uh, <laughs> I'm just being difficult, but I'm like, I like it because it feels um, dated in a good way to me. You know what I mean? Like, well, anything, I like the way that it makes me feel. Anything with this <laughs> stupid character, Rog- Rogalzar. He's terrifying. He just what is like if the '90s incarnate kind of yeah? Villain. What's who's the guy? What's the guy who killed Superman? Uh, Doomsday. D- Doomsday. What if yeah. Doomsday could talk and had a big axe and had a big scarf? Um, so like a Lenny Kravitz scarf. They're all stuck in the negative zone. The Earth has been. You know, what are you even talking about? The Earth has been. <laughs> what do you mean? It's the, called the Phantom Zone. Phantom Zone. I like how I acted like that was the most ludicrous thing of all time. How dare you? How dare you I'm say that in my it. store? Sorry, we, we've already established that I want to talk about Marvel instead of DC the entire this week. Earth has been transported into the Phantom Zone, and everyone's everyone's losing it. All, like, the, all the humans are slowly being dying. poisoned. Everyone's yeah. being poisoned by the Phantom Zone. I like that. This this is like a tense issue in terms of action stuff. This is a really tense issue of like Superman does not know what to do. I can't remember the last time I was like, oh, Superman genuinely doesn't know what to do. How's um the, the panel of Superman? Sorry, of Batman throwing up in the toilet. Yeah, and the toilet's all covered in green. Love it. <laughs> From his bath. <laughs> That's my favorite. But the uh, the best page in this is like we we see like um you know what's happening to everyone on Earth. Like they're getting sick. Yeah. And then someone asks the question like, hey, hold on a minute, what's happening? What about if the we're space? Here. What's, hap- where, what, what's happened to where Earth once was? And then it just cuts to Adam Strange. <laughs> all, and it's just like five, pa- five panels of him in the middle of space saying, guys, hey, it's Adam Strange. All the way from Ran. It's not funny. <laughs> Come on. Bendis I is having that. fun. That was good. But the rest of it I was just kind of like running I actually really like it because this is a genuine, this genuinely is a problem for Superman. Sure. Who else could who else could do this? Um, and I like it because it's kind of it's not like a universe ending, but it's like the Earth is really in trouble and no one knows what to do about it. And so they've got like all of the mad scientists working together to try and figure it out. But half of the Justice League is out of action because they're all throwing up into the toilet. Yeah, how come the scientists aren't sick? I love it. How come the scientists aren't sick? What I'm have, a Bendis fan now. What have they got that they uh, that they haven't drugs? Given to the rest. Okay, all right. They've got science. Um, I didn't read Plastic Man this week. Tell me about it. Um, okay, I like that canonically, Plastic Man is now the owner of a strip club. Not just he works as a bouncer, he owns a strip club. A themed, a DC superhero-themed strip club. I lo- Gail Simone does all this stuff that is so quietly revolutionary that um, it just makes me, like, it makes my heart expand. Like, there are sex workers who are, like, the heroes of this book, and it's never commented on, and it's never, like, a big deal that they're strippers. They're just, like... You know, I just, I just love it. I just love everything that she does. I love her. I love everything that she does. The front, and the front cover is, um, is, is uh, Plastic Man on the front. Uh, sorry, Plastic Man and uh, various DC-themed strippers uh, in, in, in a strip club. Um, and uh, one, someone who's dressed as Super, Supergirl is offering her him a g- green lantini. Yes, please. And then he says, he's like, We're ready for another green lantini, boss? And he says, sure. I don't have the willpower to resist. Come on. Great cover. Come um, on, guys. I, I, do you know how like it's so easy to lose way too much of my life to uh, catching up on diversity and comics related drama? Who who could be bothered? I, I don't. Uh, someone will retweet something and I'll be like, oh, what did this guy say now? Yeah. And um, was he mad about this? So yeah, he he like compared. He basically showed a cover from like the the golden age and how visually popping it was with the colors, and then says, "Can you believe how dull and muted um, this cover is?" And I want to be like. He's, it's in a nightclub. Nightclubs are dark. Also, the cover is dark. What the... What? 
Excuse me, but what in the fuckity fuck are you talking about, you absolute moron? <laughs> God, I hate... Anyway, I hate, that's fine. I hate how easy it is to lose also, myself in that, those dumb yeah, arguments. Yeah, I know. Also, this is a cover in which there is a DC-themed strip club in which men and women are on the stage at the same time. That is a strip club that I would patronise. Yeah. Anyway, in this issue, the Secret Six are in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Why didn't I read this? It was great. It was a great issue. It's good fun. I love Plastic Man's little gender-fluid sidekick who says wang all the time. <laughs> I love everything. Where's Secret Six? Oh, there they right are. Right there. Hi, guys. Oh, great. Yeah. Ragman says cowabunghole, dudes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. He says, oh, my, oh, my. The, pa- the past has gone far past al dente. Cowabunghole, dudes. <laughs> yes. Where's the rest of them? Where's Catman? Where's Catman? Catman's there. He's just wearing a mask oh, and a okay, jacket, right. which is wrong as far as I'm concerned. He oh, yeah. should be nude at and all times. Yes. And it's, um, what's her name? The Banshee Lady? His name oh, I can't think right. of. Yeah. Um, but the, it looks like the rest of the six are not around. We don't have Scandal. We don't have Bane. Boo. Boo. But still good fun. Pretty God, awesome. I love Gail. Um, uh, from uh, Catwoman. <laughs> God, what? Catwoman issue three. Uh, we got uh, a new issue written and drawn by Joelle Jones um, with uh, some extra art by Fernando Blanco, um, colors by Laura Alred and John Calise. Um, and... Uh, this issue, um, yeah, f- furthers um, Catwoman like but trying to make it in this new town that she's in, which is somewhere on the West Coast, have they said, really? It's definitely like LA, right? Sure. Um, and uh, you, you've paid more attention to this one than me, I'm sure. Um, I like, so our villain of the piece is the wife of a senator who is like scarily constructed from like plastic surgery and wigs and fake eyes and things like that. She's sort of this horrifying creature who appears to, we see like a little bit of her backstory and there was a change in artists like Joel Jones doesn't do the um, flashback and so I found it a little bit confusing. I didn't think it was like super clear what was going on um, because the, it's like supposed to be contrasting what actually happened with her version of what happened which is that she poisoned all these people um to get her husband to get to the position that she's in and, and now she her, yeah now she's killing him with cancer which is her uh the way that she kills people with injections of straight cancer straight cancer to the brain um anyway i love this joel yep. jones is in treasure it looks gorgeous i love this version of catwoman sort of nursing her wounds and like her internal sadness wounds. I love the new costume. I love how like shiny the leather is and the cool little cutouts. And she's not how mopey. Good. That's she's like, not mopey. Yeah. Um, she's great. And Joel Jones is so good at the action sequences. Yeah. Like no one's shocked. Lady Killer's great. Yeah. Also, does Catwoman have a sister? I don't know who that yeah. is. You never read. You never read Brubaker's Catwoman run. Mm, I need to go back and reread the it. The sister apparently. that went crazy because um, Black Mask. Uh, Killed her husband in front of her and uh, made him eat his own eyes or something oh, way too heavy. <laughs> it's like the one one thing I always like whenever I recommend that series to someone. I'm like, it's really good, except Black Masks makes Catwoman's uh, brother-in-law do something really fucking awful. Mm, yeah, fair. Um, so just quickly before we go over to the Wildstorm universe, I read Supergirl issue 22. Um, written by Mark Andreco with art by Kevin Maguire, king of facial expressions, Kevin Maguire. And this is Supergirl traveling through space with her good buddy Crypto to try and figure out if um, Krypton really was killed by Rogol, Zar, or whatever his name is. And Supergirl has his axe now also. Okay. 
Um, and so she's trying to find out, was it actually destroyed? Is this like some centuries-old um, cover-up? Or is he just making shit up and it really was a natural disaster? And this has some of Kevin Maguire's best art that I have seen since um, Justice League International. That's cool. And I, this, I've never really seen him do like cosmic stuff. This totally. Is awesome. yeah. And like a buddy like trip through space with Supergirl and Crypto is something I am 100% here for. And in this issue, they go to uh, Mogo mm-hmm. to get into the Greenland files to try and get a little bit more information. And this might be a conspiracy headed by the um, by the Guardians. Ooh. And also, the axe is crazy. <laughs> and Supergirl is trying to learn how to use that power. And out of it, she gets a cool new costume that's like black and red. And I really like it. Cool. So does, is when you like think about reading a, a Supergirl comic, is there somewhere in the past that like where he was amazing? Like, well, sorry, where, where she was written really well? Uh, is there an uh, era of Supergirl comics that you wish would would come back? Or no, not really. I'm not super familiar with any um, any Supergirl comics. I guess I've read a couple of where she was in the Legion, and that stuff's pretty cool. And I really liked Supergirl being super, obviously, but mm-hmm. that's like an alternate. Thing. Um, yeah, I don't really know that many Supergirl comics, so I'm, I'm glad to be reading one where she's super cool oh. and super fun. You know what I really liked? There was this one series called Supergirl um, Adventures in the 8th Grade that was like an all-ages title that was real fucking good. Okay. But that's not mainstream continuity. Right. Anyway, um, I really, really like this. I think everyone should be reading Like, I think you should be reading this Supergirl book. Damn. Kevin Maguire's art is real good. Okay. Real good. I'll think on it. Um, so over to Wildstorm now for Wildstorm Michael Cray, um, issue number 11, written by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis, with art by N. Stephen Harris, Dexter Vines, um, and uh, somebody else. Nelson uh, Blake the second. Yep. He's a flashback artist there. Ah. I really liked his, his flashback art's awesome. Um, and then yeah. uh, Colors by Ross Campbell. Um, this is still an enjoyable read. It just is nowhere near as much as I... I don't like it anywhere near as much as I used to like I it. No, I wish they'd kept it as like a... But no one ever seems to just want to do a Freak of the Week, which I think is something that people are always enjoy. Or I always enjoy. I always enjoy, yeah. So, well, so yeah, when, when this series began, it was like every issue would be Michael Cray taking down a different version of a DC hero, except in, in, this, in his universe, they're bad guys. Um, and all of a sudden, like it didn't feel like a gradual thing. It was with this... Arc, which in which he came after Constantine, and then met like a version of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's become more about his origins and he's their got an alien inside him, friends. It's just kind of th- these last five issues have kind of started to drag, and there's yeah. a few things happened in this issue that I was like, oh, whatever. I kind of like this though. Like, I liked getting to see the history of this like evil version of Wonder Woman. That was the best part for sure. She like the bit where she seduces Lex Luthor and steals his um, knowledge, and then. She also kills Doctor Fate. Yeah, kills Doctor. Well, kills Doctor Fate and his wife. Yeah, rude. Um, that part was cool, but uh, I, I, I mean, we've got one more issue of this left, um, and uh, it looks like it's going to end on a bummer note. This, this <laughs> issue certainly did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was that was a big bummer. Yeah. But uh, I still like it. Though. It's, it's oh, still oh, an enjoyable oh, read. Yeah. yeah, I'll see it through to the end. Now we get to talk about Marvel comics, everybody. Um, it was a pretty good week for Marvel, except for one thing. Um, they have changed the paper stock on a few <laughs> of their comics to... Did you notice it? Nope. Okay. Uh, have you got, like, Spider-Man? Yes. Okay, so feel like a normal cover. So feel X-23 first. Like, open the, especially the, the cover page, and mm-hmm. now do the... 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like really, really Silky. thin, but like shiny. shiny. Mm. It's no good. And like the, the the cover and all the pages inside are the same, which I guess is something that they do anyway. But anyway, whatever. Anyway, um, this has been Paper Stock Chat. Yep, which is my favorite segment on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, so a few big issues this week, but mostly just I, I liked Marvel this week because it was just a lot of solid continuations of series yeah. I really like. Yeah. I feel like in terms of like... I think every single DC comic I read was good, and I would not say that about our Marvel. Oh, really? You're just, a, you're just some kind of Marvel fanboy. This week, boy. this week, sure. <laughs> um, I just find, I for some reason, I have to find DC comics to be a bit of a drag sometimes. I don't think they're bad. Mm. I just like I'm, I'm, I'm like even even Michael Cray comic that I really like I, was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. Um, but you know, this one we got we got Runaways, we got X23. Yeah. Um, I really like where Spider-Man's at at the moment. Um, and even Daredevil is really good again. And we got I got to start with an incredible yeah. issue of the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. They always are. Um, in particular though, this one and I think this is like I kind of I, I'm really glad that that uh, Ryan North wrote this issue for Derek Charm to do so early in his run because mm-hmm, it really mm-hmm. proved himself as a as an artist on Erica Henderson's level um, after you know the the changeover happened five issues ago or so. Uh, so yes, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number thirty six is a silent issue, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite kinds of um, of comic uh, kind of uh, themes tropes tropes uh, is when they uh, when they kind of give a reason for it to be silent mm-hmm. so in this one basically this this entire issue is about um, the the ghost at the beginning of Ghostbusters the lady the ghost in the, like the ghost lady in the library yep the ghost librarian so basically there's a they at while while on patrol um, Iron Man and Squirrel Girl um, go to a uh, a club called Loud Louis Dance Emporium where a um, a punk band are playing. Um, and it is uh, interrupted by a ghost ripping the lid off the club um, and telling them to shush. And, uh, yeah, it looks just like the, the ghost from the, start, the opening of Ghostbusters. And so after being uh, after trying to fight her with lasers, uh, t- uh, Iron Man's battered away effortlessly, and it's up to Squirrel Girl and Nancy to uh, figure out a way to fight crime their way, which is talking to or trying to communicate with and, and figuring out... Doing research at the library yep. and then using uh, discussion. To solve crimes, and it, this is just it instills everything I like about Squirrel Girl yeah. as a concept, as a book. Um, it's funny, it's sweet. It doesn't rely on like big action sequences and punching to save the day. She talks her way out of things, even when she can't talk. And it keeps reusing this panel of uh, various superheroes getting um, thrown to Yankee Stadium. Yep, um, <laughs> including Doctor Strange, who uh, is is enlisted to help after while signing copies of his book. Why I'm so great at defeating ghosts, and then, <laughs> then Ant Man has one. Maybe ghosts are afraid of either ant or giant-sized men? Question <laughs> mark. Um, and yeah, so I mean, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Squirrel Girl saves the day, but this is the, this is the way she does it, and the the ending of this is particularly sweet. Very and, sweet. Uh, they have a, they obviously love librarians and libraries a lot, which I do too, and I think it's really sweet. This is a silent issue in that there's no dialogue, but there is a lot of text, but used in really inventive ways. Yeah. Um, and uh, the way that, that um, Squirrel Girl communicates with the ghost is through comics, yep. which is really, really sweet. Um, I loved this issue. This was probably my favorite issue of the week. I love the little um, sort of background gag of the punk learning how to um, first like learns sheet music so that he can still play music in his head and yep. then learns how to play the violin and the end is him playing the violin for all his friends. Yeah, right. really good stuff. Um, so let's talk about Spidey at the moment because I've spent the bulk of... Uh, 
the, my last week playing uh, Spider-Man the game on PS4. How's it? Did you get it yet? Nah. Oh, it's real good. Real good fun. Cheaper. Just been webbing my way through the world. Is it cool though? Is it really uh, fun? It's incredible. It's okay. so much fun. It's spectacular and it's amazing. Wow. And ultimate and superior. All new, all different. Yep. Um, but The Amazing Spider-Man this week, uh, written by Nick Spencer um, and uh, featuring art by Ryan Otley, who is Ryan still... Ryan so good. He's still doing yeah. pencils. We're, we're, we're five issues into the series and we, we, he hasn't been replaced by someone yet. But they're getting Ramos in for a couple of issues, right? Which is, yeah, or which is totally be doing great. In between the issues, fine with I'm, that. I'm hoping that Spencer, like, yeah, it, may, it would make sense to bring him on for the next issue. I hope that, like, he gets to do, like, an arc. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but even so, I could see them working fairly well interchangeably. Um, he even does most of his own inks on this issue um, alongside Cliff Rathburn with colours by Laura Martin. It just looks so good. Like, yep. you can tell that this is a book that he has wanted to draw for a really long time. Born to, born to and draw. And he's, he's so good. His MJ yep. is so good. So good. Um, so this is like, yeah, the, the finale of uh, the, the arc in which um, Spider-Man and Peter Parker have been separated due to a scientific mishap. Um, of which there are a lot of in Marvel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mo- Marvel comics. They're um, always happening. And uh, I thought the ending was like really satisfying. I loved um, them using uh, Boomerang, yep. who is uh, now ha- Peter's housemate. Nick Spencer uh, loves his own character. Well, he's not really his character. But you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. No one else um, uses him. But uh, I, thought, I thought that was really, really fun. And we've got lo- uh, some good moments between Taskmaster and... Mm-hmm. Um, What's the evil ant, Eric, whatever his name is? Whatever. Black ant? Black ant. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. I think this is like Spencer doing the best comic that he's done for Marvel. And like, like he's been very, like, you know what this comic is about. This arc is called Back to Basics. And he has done everything in his power to bring Spider-Man and Peter back to basics. He's back to college. He's back with MJ. Yeah. Aunt May likes him again. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and the next issue is, has got Craven the Hunter in it. And it's also like it's also kind of Nick Spencer giving his like here's what my vision for this book is, and you don't have to be this mopey sad guy all the time. Totally. You don't have to always have these ultra dramatic, ultra sad Spider-Man comics. You can have a fun Spidey comic again, and I am I am pleased that he is doing that. Hard um, defaulted. Yeah. While we're talking about Spider-Man, let's talk about Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, yes, issue number three hundred and nine. Written by Trip Zdarsky with art by Chris Pacello, um, carrying on uh, from the, uh, the last sad. issue in which uh, Sandman uh, seemingly dies. Uh, but in this issue, we learn that he um, is now linked to a future version of himself that was able to travel along the sands of time and the sands within everyone. Um, so now he's this en- enormous sand. <laughs> what are you monster. talking about, Chip Sadowski? <laughs> um, I thought it was really, it was, it was, it's really, really fun. I mean, if anything, it's just like a great opportunity for Chris Pacello to draw some insane sand monster yes. fights throughout Manhattan. But I mean, how many of these characters are supposed to live forever? Now we've got Ben Grimm, and then also just Sandman joining him at the ends of time. Cool, <laughs> real good stuff. Whatever. Yeah, um, but uh, I thought this is a really, really strong issue, and um, uh, Pacello is a, a treasure. Cello is a treasure. Zadarsky is a treasure. I think Zadarsky has a good... But again, I think Zadarsky slightly falls into that, like, boo, 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 being Peter so hard. Yes. The Parker luck. Oh, life is terrible for me. Old Petey. <laughs> um, oh, Petey Pie. Old Petey Pie. But I did like this issue. Good yep. jokes, good gags. Pacello is the best. Real good stuff. Um, and uh, keeping things spidey for a moment, um, did you read Champions issue no. 24? Why? Well, so this is the one that was talked about a while ago. It was like a one-shot in which they, there is a, uh, a school shooting at Miles Morales' shoe, sh- school. Shoe. Who's writing this in the moment? Uh, Jim Zub. Okay. Um, you read like two know, issues ago it. and you liked it. It was it. great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, this featured art by Sean Isaacs and um, colors by Marcio I love Menes. Sean Isaacs. Yeah, me too. And uh, Eric 
perfect uh, fit for that book. Arsenieger. Um, and uh, yeah, this is like, uh, I was worried about how heavy handed this could possibly be. Like, yeah. you know, a little bit if of If Mark like, Wade was still writing the book, I'd be very concerned. Yeah, definitely. Although he wrote, no, that was John Ostrander. I have a book called like, the Seduction of the Gun or something like that. And oh. it's like a Batman book. The okay. comic that came out after a big shooting in America. Okay. Which, of which they've had nev- none since. <laughs> <laughs> they um, fixed it, everyone. But I... Th- I um, so basically, yeah, the, the, there are moments where like basically all of the different members of the champions react in different ways. And, it, and um, uh, Miles Morales feels responsible that he wasn't there at the time. He could have stopped it. He feels like he could have stopped it. He wasn't there to stop it. Um, and he goes to see a counsellor and the counsellor's like, you know... The school council's like, you know, oh, you know, it's not like it's not like you could have done anything, you know. It's not like you're not a superhero. Mm. And then he's like, but oh. what if I am a superhero? Like a but it's you know, it's handled really well, yeah. and he, you know, and and they all react in their own different ways. And um, like Ironheart is like, um, I guess you know, traumatized because she like a shooting is a part of her well, origin. Exactly. Story. I, I want to find the quote because I think it's really well done. It, yeah. ca- it captures how I feel about. Uh, you know, whenever you hear about one of the many school shootings in America, yeah. like it's, it's so difficult doing it from like, you know, so I, I, I run a bunch of internet groups and a lot mm-hmm. of the members there are American. And whenever there's a school shooting, someone will post something about it. And then it inevitably turns into a gun debate. And mm. it's so hard being in Amer- in Australia where like, you know, stricter gun laws have worked so well. Yeah. And then to see so many Americans being like, no, that's not going to help anything. How will taking away the gun stop this from happening? Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, we're all living proof that it does anyway. So mm. um, Ironheart says, I've just, I've lived, I've lived through this too many times. People get shot, everyone gets sad and angry. And then, and then they just get over it till next time. And then um, Cho Amadeus says, that's awful. So what are you going to do about it? And she says, nothing. If people want, don't want to change Amadeus, there's nothing we can do. Why do you think I made this damn suit? Mm. And so, like, the whole issue is, like, it's really, it's a little bit, like, defeatist, you could say, because, like, none of them kind of put up a, a, a good idea as to what you can do in the face of, a, you know, something that happens way too frequently. Yeah. Um, which is a really sad way to kind of, like, think when it comes to, you know. It, but it's an understandable feeling. Yeah, totally. But like, I guess you, know, you turn to a book to kind of not like, you know, give you an, a level of escapism. But when it's like it is, but in a really kind of bleak way, I think it's mm. actually really weirdly powerful. Uh, yeah. It was a good, really well written issue. I think um, I think uh, not not the heavy handedness I was expecting at all. And Jib Zelb cool. is, a, is a very good writer. Oh, amazing. Good issue of Champions. Good job. Issue number 24 if you want to check it down. I really like enjoyed it. Cool. Um, so while we're on uh, Marvel books that I read that you didn't. Um, yes, please. Daredevil is really good right now. Yeah, I should have picked this up. Charles Soule um, is teaming up with Phil Noto, um, in which Phil Noto is doing my, mm. my favorite art that he's done on a Marvel book in a long time. Um, and uh, due to some comic book ridiculousness, um, a made-up person um, that, that Daredevil used to make up, um, called his brother, um, Mike Murdoch, mm-hmm. is now real and a character <coughs> who is fighting with Matt Murdoch and Foggy and also in the crossfire of some Daredevil bad guys is just is, is that, that that's what this book is about now and right. it's it's so silly but just told really really well and the stakes feel real even though this the, the, the scenario is so goofy and dumb mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i really like i really like it it's really really good um, yeah that sounds like that sounds like ultimate comic book nonsense yeah i like it um I, so I, I recommend it to anyone looking for a good slice of comic book nonsense cool um what do you want to talk about chimbone um should we talk about did you read domino no talk about domino uh, so, and another another Gail Simone book. I think this is the last issue. 
Because sure. I think this was just a mini, mini series. Am I wrong? It says the end. Full stop. Oh, but there's Domino Annual in two weeks. Right, but after that, oh no, Domino Seven. Sorry, I take it back. It continues. Um, but it looks like it's a what if story. Fuck yeah. Um, in this, Domino finally defeats the last person who knew what her history was, and so it's this kind of nice putting that in the past and moving on to a new future of friendships and not feeling like um, you are trapped by your past. I really like this whole arc. I think if you like the character of Domino, if you like good slap, like if you liked Secret Six or if you liked um, Gail Simone's Birds of Prey, I really think check this out because it has definite vibes of Birds of Prey and she's just good at that. She's good at female friendship. She's good at friendship full stop. And she's good at that being the motivating force behind superhero comics. I thought this was really good fun. Awesome. Some good gags, some good action. Terrible Greg Land covers, but don't let that put you <laughs> that's off. That's so weird. So that's weird. A awful decision. Yeah, um, a confusing decision because that's not going to reach I mean, the audience look, that you want it to. For all the uh, for all of the uh, compliments I can give Marvel, they are still the kings of making confusing decisions. They yeah. made quite a few in the last week, like um, uh, cancelling Chelsea Kane's upcoming Vision series, even though four issues have been finished. It's cancelled, and, ne- and we'll never see those issues. Why? That I don't know. Wow! It wasn't. It wasn't. Wow. It wasn't in line with what they were envisioning with Viv Vision. Mm. And mm. Chelsea, Chelsea Kane's Twitter is a mess right now because mm. she's understandably pretty hurt by this decision. Again, yeah, for it to happen again too. So yeah, and before why. she's like before it's even hit the shelves, like what is the what is the benefit to Marvel? I, in it, that? I really feel like, like God. I love staying off Twitter and not knowing any of this stuff though. Yeah, but then you get my terrible version of it. I think I was pretty accurate this time. Yeah, but sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Oh, I feel very sorry for her. That's a shit thing to have happened. And I'm very excited for Man Eaters. That yeah. was great. Yeah, an image book oh, comes out very Chelsea. soon. Chelsea. God. Yeah. And then uh, Max Bemis, another creator that we really like, has been taken off um, one of the, spider, the, the, the Spider-Man Moon Knight book he was doing. Uh. Um, and now Dennis Hopeless is doing it. What? Yeah, which is very confusing. And then, oh, again, is it one of those amalgam characters? Yeah, yeah. That's what he was doing? But he was, he was meant to be, you know, he, he was solicited and then now suddenly the names are, are different. Just It's weird when, when a company does something big with no explanation from them as to why it happened and then you, it's just hearsay. Mm. It's so damaging. Rather than them telling the truth about why it happened, I feel like, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. Yep. Marvel, um, you big idiots. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this. This was not that good. Ha! Yes, please. <laughs> In- All right. Infinity Wars, issue number three. What the hell? <laughs> Written by Jerry Duggan, uh, with art by Mike Diodato and Frank Martin on colors. Uh, so, Gamora... Ju- Gamora's a bad guy now. Gamora's She's a bad Thanos. Guy. And so, she has... Instead of, like, snapping her fingers and, and killing half of existence, she's folded... Insistent, the, the universe on top of each other, on top of itself. I wish you could see me roll my eyes. So everything is amalgamated. So yeah. So it's it, for me. This just felt like the most shameless. Like, oh, I know how we can get a bunch of spin-off issues and like make a bunch of action figures out of some nonsense. So they've just created all these like amalgam characters. So now there's like Captain America, Doctor Strange, or whatever, and like a bunch of these dudes. Look, and we say this as two people that are pretty excited for Spider-Geddon. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot. And you know what? I'm like, I'm a big dum-dum. I like superhero comics. I'm actually quite into all of these dum-dum characters. Like, Iron Hammer. The one that is Wolverine and Emma Frost. That might be the most, like, sexually charged, intense, insane mutant of all time. That's a cool character. Yeah. I like that. I even like the uh, X-23 slash Scarlet Witch character. Weapon Hex. That's fun. Ghost all of Panther. these are fun. Ghost Panther. Arachnite. They yeah. are all fun. But I still opened that page and I rolled my eyes so hard. 
I thought they would disappear into the back of my head and never be seen again. Because I just, I just, and then you I could, do not you could come care to work looking like a Funko Pop. Yes, please. <laughs> just the whites <laughs> of your eyes showing. Finally, um, I just, I don't. Uh, what is? Uh, what happened in this? Who cares? No one cares. Yeah, and it's boring and dumb. The worst kind of comic is one where they just explain something that, like you know, some dumb comic book decision. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't remember who said it, but like, um, I, I, it, like when, when something can just be reduced to an editorial note. Mm. Like uh, I, I can't remember who said it a while ago, but like it was like someone just saying like you know like uh, Spider Man's black now, Stan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as an editorial note, <laughs> I remember hearing that ages ago, and it stuck with me as something very funny. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So they're explaining why uh, wh- why this weird uh, decision to do a bunch of uh, Marvel mashups exists, and uh, I'm not sure if uh, it was even necessary. It's not. But uh, I'm going to keep reading. Deadpool this. dupe. Come on. Yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool. He's not getting his own series, though. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm not into it. Um, you but, know what else I'm not into? Oh, no. You didn't like Fantasy Four this week. Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding? You've, Are you kidding? She hated it so much she forgot how to pronounce kidding. I am. I am like, I, I felt genuinely upset at the idea that the Fantastic Four would do something as like bizarrely unethical as being like, we're just going to create a bunch of universes so that we can just explore them. That's what happened at the end of the Hickman thing. That's, well, I don't remember that at all, <laughs> that's clearly. Like, that's like the last I don't page. like the choice. <laughs> I think that's like, like, what was that? I feel like Hickman would have dealt with it in a more sensitive way. Do you think? Do you think this was a good? Do you think that was good? Do you think that was like a good call? Do you think that was a good decision? <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is good? Do you think this is good? I like Sarah Pacelli. Um, I, I actually really like this issue, but I, that was bad. like that's what bad. when when they disappeared at the end of that was like what what they went to go yeah, do. But like go exploring mini universes. Like surely the whole of the whatever they call the Pym universe is but like that was like that's, go explore that that's more. Franklin's, go back to the negative zone. That's Franklin's power is to create universes. So Franklin Richards is just a god. That's not a good power. That's not a power. (laughs) Being God is a power. power. No, I don't like it. And then they kill all of the universes and then he's really sad. Fair enough. Was this good? I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was well, well put together. I don't like it. I don't think Dan Slott is, um, oh, I was about to say something really mean. (laughs) What? Fit? (laughs) (laughs) No, Jesus. I was going to say, I don't think he's smart enough. Um, You know, you have to be like a really, really smart guy. But comic book, comic book science is always like just like very confidently saying certain words. Yeah. That like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Antimatter. Um, I enjoyed this. Nah. I'm bummed that you didn't. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. Really? Wow. I really, I really, really didn't like that. Yeah. Right. Crazy. I really didn't like it. What about when uh, uh, Valeria is being hit on by someone that looks just like a red Namor? Yeah, I thought that was weird as well. <laughs> Um, and Sue's like, what? You know, he, he reminds me of. And then, and then, and then Dan Slott has the nerve to say that the time that Sue and um, Namor banged was fan fiction. You're weak. You coward. <laughs> That's why she really hated this issue. Make them get through cheating. <laughs> like real couples. Um, Nightmare. I, I enjoyed this. And so now like the, the, a whole bunch of uh, Marvel heroes have being transported to wherever the Fantastic Four are to take down this being that can kill that can kill and eat universes. I just think anyway, I've said my piece. You have, you sure have. <laughs> um, let's talk about a book that I know we both enjoyed, and Yay. that's X twenty three number four, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Juan Cabal and Nolan Wooded on colors. I love Juan Cabal. Yeah, that's all. 
That's all you didn't you didn't like the story? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, the story's great. <laughs> this whole issue is great. It's like a scary horror comic. Do we like this? Starring Wolverines. Is this good? Is this good? <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> I felt so offended by it. I was like, what is this? You're supposed to be able to be like, Mr. Fantastic is going to make the right choice. Not always like, you know, like he's a scientist, but he's like an ethical scientist. He should think about things before you just create uh, a universe. Sh- think about it before we're, you create We're in a, a comic book shop. Shouting. Someone could go and get the uh, the Secret Wars uh, trade for you. And just going to go do it. And I can show you like how that ends. Yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> I've been meaning, I started rereading Fantastic Four, but man, there's a lot to get through. It's like, but you. But it's like you, ten years worth of comics. It's so good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I got like I smashed half of a um, omnibus, and then I was like, I need to read this week's comics. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, while Andrew's getting Secret Wars, let's talk about um, X twenty three. Um, so this is all about uh, the Cuckoo Sisters. It's Clone Wars, guys. Yeah, um, they've 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 made that like it's just I can't even explain it. It's so okay. Good. Here's what happened. So they've stolen Gabby so that they can put because they need a clone body to put the brain of their dead sister in. Right? Yep, that's right. To bring back the cuckoos. Make the cuckoos great again. Yep. Uh, that is the one. Like, yep, cool. Secret Wars. I've got it, I've got it here. Um, but this has, like, I think some of the best art in a superhero comic, I would say. Um, it's really Oh, wait, no, this different. isn't it. <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> Turns out I'm proved right. I'm no, proved right. No, this is right like the, again. This is the trade of all the last days. Uh, Spawn's always spin-offs. right. Well, look, we haven't proved me wrong yet. So Someone I guess I'm right. Someone hurry up, prove, prove her wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like a this is like a cool horror comic, a cool psychological horror comic about scary clones. Um, and it, op- it opens with uh, a, a Brady Bunch parody yes. featuring all the Cuckoo Sisters. Yes. What's um, scarier than that? And uh, it ends with uh, yeah, one, Laura has one Cuckoo Sister in her, and Gabby has another, Hot. and they're going to have to fight. Cuckoo to cuckoo. Laura doesn't have a... Oh, yeah, she does too. Yep. And there was also, like, some great um, sequences of her, like, regrowing her body after she was uh, exploded by some cuckoos. Yeah, I love I, I love when uh, a Wolverine-esque character is re- reduced to a skeleton and has, yeah. to, uh, has to grow back. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. That's good. It's real, I like it. Real, uh, the gorier they make it, the better. And they go, they go f- full gore in this one. Absolutely. And I, you have to assume that we're going to get Gabby back. Of course. Of course. No one would take Gabby away from us. You better not. Um, Runaways issue number 13 this week. Oh, too bad we don't have it. Kings doesn't have Secret Wars. Oh, so it looks like I'm right. Looks That's like, crazy. Looks like I lose and in I turn, win. everybody. Yay. Hey, we have a, a Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash series news podcast. Somebody take a photo of the last pages of, uh, of, of Secret Wars for us in which the Fantastic Four go off to create new life and explore them. Yes. Um, and someone else um, just post Siobhan was right. Ten times in a row. In their own blood. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Please, no. Um, Runaways issue number 13 um, featured uh, a new artist. Uh, and don't worry, it's only for two issues. Um, David LaFuente uh, filling in Chris Anker's boots while he takes a well-earned break because he's on the lot. It's first. a hard change. It is a hard change. I like David LaFuente, but um, going straight from Chris Anker to him is jarring. It was really, really jarring. Um, features Jim Campbell on colours too, so different from uh, the regular Matt Wilson. Yeah. Um, but this is still a good issue um, featuring the return of Alex Winter to, uh, to the, the Runaways team. Um, and immediately he starts uh, calling the shots and running the team like it, running the run race like they're his team. Um, and it looks like this is going to be the kind of really bring it back to the, the first yeah. uh, 18 issues of Runaways, the Brian K. Vaughan issues. And we see not just the return of Alex Winter, but also the, the main threat return 
The um, pride, the pride's back, guys. Uh, um, no, no, they, they. So this, the Runaways are now the pride. The pride were the, 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 their parents. I thought the pride were the bad guys. No, no, no. well, they were. Right, yes, the pride, yes, yes. yeah, the, 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 the pride was what the, the parents called themselves. Yeah. And so now they're being hunted by, um, the names are something weird. Demons. The gi- the Giborim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Giborim or something ridiculous. Um, he draws some great aliens. So when the alien characters show up, I was like, oh hell yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, There's yeah. some good like Kirby esque designs. Yeah, I like Lafuente as well a lot, but yeah, I, I, he wasn't. Uh, not the best choice to replace Anka just because it's is just so jarring. Yeah, he just doesn't have the same like aesthetic flair that Chris Anka. Which is a completely different kind Absolutely. of artist. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not like a criticism of him, it's just like they're different. But um but I like the way he draws Carolina. Yeah, Definitely. Um and I I, I think yeah, that it's it's not it is just jarring. That's all it is. It's yeah. still really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that's still 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 great great runaways fun. Yep, absolutely. Runaways more like fun aways. Everybody, huh? Sounds wow. good. Levens was right. <laughs> uh, finally, from Marvel, uh, Star Wars Darth Vader give us issue number twenty-one, uh, written by Charles Soule with art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, Danielle um, Orlandini, and David Curiel on colors. Um, and uh, this is uh, basically just the continuation of how um, Darth Vader built his crazy fortress on the lava planet, and ah. it's really, really cool. Um, there's like a, a, a weird mystery linked to this helmet that the emperor gives him at the start of the issue. What? Um, in, and, uh, when the, just like his entry to this planet, which is like, you know, this almost unlivable, like hell. Yeah. Um, he crash, he crashes through the atmosphere and doesn't turn the shields on, on his okay. ship. And so, and, and doesn't tell any of the other, um, soldiers on board. That's what he's doing. And he's like, there may be pain. <laughs> And they're Why? they're just like oh no, <laughs> um, and it's just like it's a it's a brilliant entry to like you know him mm. on this planet. It's really, really great and it explains why he why he chooses this place and um, it's cool. I really like what Sol's doing with Darth Vader. Yeah, cool. Um, it's good shit. And coming impressive you. to do something new mm-hmm. with that kind of character. Definitely. Um, so that is it for our Marvel reviews. Um, and look, I may have set, sung the praises of uh, of of Marvel this week, but I. Actually, my favorite publisher this week was definitely Dark Horse. Um, they put out two books, uh, both of them through the Burger Books imprint that uh, very much tickled my fancy. Um, the first of which was The Seeds, issue number two. Great. Explain to me what happened. Anne Nocenti and David Ayer. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Cool. There's a whole bunch of insanity going on in these pages, um, which is linked to like an alien invasion of Earth, which has been split in... Like of America, which has been split in two, like Berlin Wall style, yep. and on one side of the wall, they're not allowed any of the technologies on the other. Um, and uh, a reporter has been sent over there to try and get evidence that there are aliens. The aliens are here to implant their seed or take the seed. I oh God, I wish we weren't in the shop. Yeah. I could talk about this. Um, and they hit the, a fuck. They hit they they a bone. They're fuck aliens. Um, and uh, there are bees. Also- Dong watch. Just t- PG thirteen. Dong watch. Bing bing bing. Dong watch. We, no, we established. Oh, dong, dong's, dong's fine. Dong watch. A whole bunch of dongs alien in this dongs. one. Alien, alien dongles. Um, and there's also like a metaphor, or maybe it's happening at the same time of like a farmer raising pigs and having to kill a pig. Also, a lady makes a um, makes a bong out of an apple. Yes, classic. Um, but uh, look, I, I, I even though this is an insane book to understand. On, an, on a complete level, I do think it's relatively easy to follow and just allow yourself to just read page after page of insanity. But I did 
finished it and went, what? <laughs> I don't, what? What is what? What's with the bees? Anyway, I like it. Yeah, I really like it too. I, I just, it, it, it just reminds me of, you know, when I first started reading Vertigo comics and... Um, you didn't know what the fuck was going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I always did semi-realize what, what was going on by the end of the run. And we've got two more issues of this left, so who knows? Maybe is in a few. Is it really m- only a four issue? Yeah, this, this is a this oh. is a four issue mini, and um, oh, that all that and, makes me uh, happy. So is she could fly? Well, oh, man. So okay. we'll talk about those next. She could yes. fly. One but of my one Burger of my favorite books. comics. Of Burger this. Books is amazing. Yes, Burger Books again. It's Karen Burger's imprint that she's doing for Dark Horse. She used to be one of the main editors of Vertigo, responsible for so many of our favorite books from that line. And, and you now, guys are idiots for letting her go. That's right, you guys, DC. Um, Christopher Cantwell um, write, a newcomer to comics writes this book She Could Fly it's a four issue miniseries with art by Martin Marazzo who we um, have loved on uh, Ice Cream Man and uh, The Electric Sublime Electric Sublime and uh, also Nighthawk um, and uh, Miroslav Merva on uh, Nighthawk yeah he did the fill-in issues for Ra- Raman Villalobos right yep um, and uh, yeah so uh, it, it's a it's an unbelievable book about um, a girl who is living with um it's a specific kind of OCD where you imagine horrible things happening at all, all times. The time. Your brain can't stop thinking of the worst thing you could possibly do to the person you're in the room with at the time, mm-hmm. or even people you're not sharing a room with. Your, your mind, your mind is also always making you think of deplorable acts that you could be doing. The worst shit all time. Um, and she has kind of, as a means of escapism, become obsessed with a girl who could fly. Yes. Um, and it's never really explained how she could fly. Well, it kind of is actually in this. That's issue. the whole point yeah, of the yeah, issue. Yeah, the yeah, whole right. point of the series is but that up and, this up crazy until this tech. point, up until this point, we don't know why she could fly, right. um, and uh, because there is also um, a kind of fuck up scientist mm-hmm. um, and a prostitute um, uh, that he is paying just to hang out with, that he thinks he might be able to start a relationship with, but mm-hmm. he's too damaged to like be able he, to he do sucks. it normally. He's yeah. no good. No, he's okay. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, uh, so they they kind of get tangled up in this girl's life because um, she's obsessed with the, the flying girl and mm-hmm. they are trying to discover a secrets linked to her that can get him out of trouble with mm-hmm. mo- mobs that are coming after him. It's crazy. There's a lot going on in this in this series and it is so expertly put together. There's yeah. moments of supernatural like uh, afterlife um, mm-hmm. meetings uh, mm-hmm. in this and like dreams mm-hmm. and fuck it's good it looks it's fantastic so it's uh, I it's love largely like a, a, a discussion of mental illness in various forms yes handled so expertly so deftly so beautifully and the art is like incredible mm-hmm. it's wonderful it's such yeah. a good book it's such a good book guys and it hasn't been selling that well which makes me unhappy so please go and buy all of the copies that you can find from your local comic book store especially King's Comics kingscomics.com yep. um it's just it's gorgeous it's like one of the best comic books I've read in a billion years yeah I love it definitely me too one of my absolute favourites of the week um, Met Cadet U issue number 12 came out this week uh, bringing an end to this series written by Greg Pak with art by Takeshi Miyazawa and Raul Angulo and this is Greg Pak's kind of like tribute to Japanese mech cartoons and comics mm-hmm. um, and uh, it started out with a lot of heart and I think this finale was kind of by the numbers action yeah. um, it still it ends on a very very sweet note yes um, as our, our, our janitor hero uh, is given assistance of cleaning up at the end, um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I thought was very, very sweet. Um, but uh, I think this this ending wasn't quite as satisfying as the as the first like ten issues of this series were. 
Um, but uh, it's still good. I'd still definitely recommend this whole yeah. as a whole package to somebody. Yeah. Really sweet, a lot of heart, really gorgeous illustrations, a good sort of encapsulation of what makes mech comics fun and what, what makes them appealing to mm-hmm. um, a lot of people. I really love this. I think it'll be a great one to recommend. Now, it'll come in like hopefully two trades or one big trade. One big trade I would recommend, a hardcover. That's a yeah. good Christmas present for, a, uh, for an impressionable teen. Absolutely. Um, impressionable teen in your life. <laughs> You've got two that I did not read. Get through cool. it. Let's do it. I read uh, Ninjak. Issue 11 by Christos Gage with art by Roberto Della Torre, colors by Jose Villarubia. Um, and I mostly picked this up because look at the art. It's the start of a new arc. So if you're like, ooh, I love the idea of Ninjak, but I don't know where to start, issue 11 is the place to start because the art is gorgeous oh, and, and gory glorious. Too. Gory. Really gory. Glorious. Glorious. <laughs> mm, what? No, that's just a word. Um, <laughs> And so Ninjak is doing some ninja stuff. Oh, he's got to find Livewire. Because Livewire is now a bad guy in the Valiant oh, Universe. Oh, well, already and dealing with that. And that's his ex-girlfriend. So now he's trying um, to track some people down. But he also has, by contacting Livewire, gained knowledge of where she is. And the um, agency that employs Ninjak have, uh, want him to track down Livewire. Anyway, I really like it. It's really good. The art's really gorgeous. I recommend. Yeah, yeah great. Good, good action ninja comic. How is Nancy Drew going? Nancy Drew is, well, there's trouble in wherever the hell they are. Middle America? Middle America, wherever Nancy Drew came from. There's <laughs> some shenanigans going on, and one of her friends has just been kidnapped by some bad guys. Oh, no. Oh, sorry, as, I've, as, I've, uh, as you've passed me this, um, this Valiant comic, I've just realized that Raul Allen, who I said may be going to DC, he's doing the Livewire artwork of the Livewire si- series that's by Vida Ayala. So that's good. I like that better. Um, look, I mean, Nancy Drew continues to be Nancy Drew. There's teens kissing. They go to a nightclub. They are continuing to uh, solve some mysteries, as you would expect in a Nancy Drew comic book. Mm-hmm. The art's real good fun. This is written by um, our favorite sassy lady, Kelly Thompson, with art by Jen St. Ong. Ong? Jen St. Ong. And colors by Triona Farrell. So it's like gorgeous to look at. Really good fun. If you like her Hawkeye run, definitely get this. You'll, you will like it just as much as that one. Cool. It is good. It is good fun. I, th- I thought it was a little too young feeling for... Uh, yeah. It's definitely like a, uh, a teen audience. A, I would say tween audience would be ideal or like if you have a, have a fondness for that as well like i'm not saying Absolutely. that yeah, you don't have to be a tween to enjoy it no nah, you yeah. just have to be a man baby no, no, no i'm sorry oh, i'm really tired wrong with you? i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> anyway <Are you> kidding? <laughs> um finally um i read hot lunch special issue number two from aftershock written by elliot rahal with jorge fornes and taylor esposito and this is the uh book that siobhan refused to eat read because it featured um it had fingers fingers, fingers in a sandwich i don't like that um and so this tells the story of a um uh a family uh who have links to the mob but are also um like they make sandwiches basically they're, they're, they're they they make and supply most of, of of their part of america with sandwiches um and this is a crime book about two warring crime families and uh and like and and and, and food empires great um it really reminds me of the fargo tv series um again this is one of my favorite comics that i read this week as well um and uh it's i, I really recommend this to anyone that loves crime comics it's 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 hard to like kind of say much more about it beyond yeah. the fact that if, if you like 
If you, if like, you like crime criminal, comics. If you like okay. Brubaker and Phillips crime comics. That's um, high praise. Yeah, it, this is definitely in line with that. Wow. Um, and... Uh, why do they, they give it such a silly name then? Hot, because it's because they work in the, the lunch industry. But silly. Hot, you should, I would recommend right, if they still have right, issue right, one right. and two, take this one today. That's why I didn't Damn also it. read the past issue. It's fucking great. Okay. This is like this is going to be one of the ones that I recommend. Who's, who's writing it? <laughs> Sorry for not paying attention Elliot, when you said Elliot all those Rahal, things. Elliot okay. Rahal, who has been doing stuff over at Valiant, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, and, and the artwork by Jorge Fornes is is killer. It's so so well suited to. To a like kind of like family driven crime book, yeah, um, yeah. It's good. If you, like I said, honestly, the, the Fargo the Fargo TV series is the closest thing to it. It's really really great. It's you know small time America, but you know some very sweet innocent people are harmed due to the actions of dumb old family crime drama. Nice. It's great. I hot like lunch it. special. My hot tip for the for the for the week. Um, that is it for us this week. Boy, howdy! What a big episode. Yeah, I'm um, tired. I'm really tired, and uh, and I guess uh, if you are in Sydney and you want to come watch us record this and be tired live, we're going to be doing it. Yeah, mon- Monday afternoon live. Yep, uh, it's our new new format. Yep, move over SNL. It's time for M A L. And uh, you can find Kings Comics where we record every episode of Serious Issues, plus where we get all of our comics from every com- every comic that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find on the stands at Kings four hundred and three George Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or join our group facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. We are on Twitter, Serious underscore underscore Issues, and individually at Siobhan CBG. I'm at Levdog. You can find those handles on Instagram as well, or drop us an email at uh, seriousissues at kingscomics.com. Yeah, nice. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, the easiest way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash seriousissuespodcast. Kick us a couple bucks, get access to more than 10 hours now of bonus episodes that we put mm-hmm, up there, mm-hmm. plus access to many more things that we're going to be putting up there later in the year. And we appreciate it. Thank you also, so much. Oh, sorry. Just quickly. Um, I always ruin you. Take your, it all back. I always ruin you. Um, sign offs. But if you're a geeky lady who listens to this podcast and for some reason doesn't come to Queen's Kings, we are having our meetup. This Sunday at the new store, 403 George Street, um, what, at 5.30 p.m. Queens of Kings? Queens of Kings is a uh, women slash non-male... Um, women with two Ys. Women with two Ys. Um, book club. Book club for ladies. And we just read comics and talk shit. And it's really good fun. Um, so we're going to be talking about Paper Girls, but also Joel Jones' Catwoman first issue this and it, week. And it's it going to be good fun. because dickheads like me talk over women in, in comic book stores all the time. Absolutely. And this is a place where you can always feel welcome and those things are extremely important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be good fun this Sunday. It'll be lovely to see all of our regulars, but always nice to see new faces. And plus, you get to eat some fuck snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although we're not as close to the weird Korean um, supermarket where I used to get them. So I'm going to have to... Gonna have to find new weird snack location. I, I hope everyone enjoys eating McDonald's. <laughs> no way. That smell gets into the comics. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.